0: Episode 2, Summer
1: I'm Renee, and I'm playing Julianne the Chosen. Julianne is a teenager that's seen her fair share of monster-fighting action. From a very young age, she knew she was destined for something great, and so did everyone around her. Even before she worked with the Order, she was killing monsters and protecting her hometown in Illinois. Julianne was recruited by the Order after she took down a nest of vampires on her own at the age of 12. Julianne was put into training right away and has already saved the world more times than she can remember. Although her life has been dedicated to fighting evil, there is one thing she cares about more than destroying monsters. Her little brother, Kurt.
2: Hi, I'm Kyle, and I'm playing Kurt the Mundane. Kurt is the younger brother of Julianne, Kurt was the first person that Julianne ever told she was the chosen. Kurt's not as into fighting and slaying monsters as his big sister, but he helps out where he can. From running ops back home, to helping to cover with friends and family about Julianne's whereabouts, Kurt is the perfect sidekick. He looks up to Julianne and is happy to fight alongside her. Even though he doesn't like going out in the field, he will when the mission calls for it. Kurt was inducted to The Order very soon after Julianne joined.
3: I'm Aaron, and I'm playing Charlie the Spooky. Charlie is an accountant with The Order. Not a lot of people thinking about budgets and spreadsheets when it comes to protecting the world against evil, but holy water and crucifixes cost money too. Never being one for fieldwork, Charlie spends all of his time behind a desk. But, a few months ago, Charlie went to the supply closet and accidentally unleashed the spirit of an old member of the Order, August. The two struck a deal. Charlie agreed to let August reside in his body to help fight against the new doppelganger threat, as long as August would leave when it was done. In return, August would make sure Charlie didn't die on duty. Since then, Charlie was assigned to help Julianne and Kurt in their latest assignment. Charlie's concerned about the numbers, while August is ready to fight.
4: I'm Patrick, and I'm playing Conrad the Expert. Conrad comes from a long line of hunters and lorekeepers. Conrad's father taught him everything he knows, and his father did the same for him. The Baker family have always worked on their own, but have a long time working relationship with the Order. With the rise of the doppelganger threat, the Order reached out to Conrad for some extra help. Not only is Conrad armed to the teeth, but he also has his trusty lore library, bus, and traveling home, Gertrude. Conrad has been working alongside of Julianne, Kurt, and Charlie for the last month and knows the only people he can trust are with him in the Gertrude
0: right now. Julianne and Kurt were used to only trusting each other before, but not knowing if anyone else in town is who they say they are is a whole new threat. Luckily, they have Charlie and Conrad at their side to help in the fight these four are tasked by the order to end the doppelganger threat in Waukegan, Illinois and ensure their town can get back to normal.
5: So the four of you are in Waukegan, Illinois. It's been a very long summer, mainly because none of you know who you can trust at this point. Julianne, you have been doing a great job like leading this charge. You know, you're the chosen. This is definitely what you have been destined to do. But even you are a little like weary of the odds that you're holding against this with this plan that Conrad set in place. It's definitely risky for you, especially. There's a lot more on the line because what's happened has driven you to the point of like you're even having to have your little brother Kurt with you on this mission. Kurt is just a mundane and so he's having you know to hold his own and even though he's you know you've seen him do a lot of stuff you didn't think he was capable of you're still really worried and on that hand Kurt you're really looking to impress your sister and then Charlie you're just a really confused accountant that just you know wished you didn't have a ghost inside of you don't we all so the basic plan that uh you have set in motion is Conrad through his research what's your lore bus it is a 1955 flexible rv and it's known as the gertrude mark ii that's what the four of you (laughs) have been kind of been using as a mobile base of operations and stuff like that at this point through just different you know magics or research and what have you all of you do have some like wards in place on you to where you like can prove to each other that you're not a doppelganger you've figured out lots of things like that so we don't have to worry about that but yeah so conrad through his uh research was able to figure out a way to fashion a device that is going to disrupt all of the doppelganger like powers uh, around you. And so essentially the idea is to draw as many doppelgangers to this abandoned like old shop called Denim is On. It's in the part of uh, Waukegan that's, you know, fairly deserted to draw them there and set off the machine. That's definitely gonna be a, a really hard thing to pull off. But this is like a chance to wipe out a good amount of them and try to get, get a better like standing in town because like i said the four of you know you can trust each other but even other people that like you thought weren't compromised from the order even them have like fallen to, to some of these tricks so that's where you're at right now so right now you guys are just trying to figure out like the best way to draw in and uh kind of Go from there. So you're all driving around in the in the wagon right now, kind of trying to formulate a plan of how to draw in as many doppelgangers as you possibly can. What are you gonna do?
2: Kurt would turn to Julianne and, and uh, say, "Well, I mean, you know, whatever whatever you need me to do in the plan, as far as I mean, you you do have something in mind, right? Uh, you always you always seem to be on your toes with that kind of thing."
1: I mean, it just depends on exactly what you want to do. I mean, what are we talking here? We're not like saying you're the bait or anything. <laughs> I, I have my limits.
6: Well,
2: I mean, if, if it needs to be done, I... I
1: no, uh, Kurt, uh, no! Uh, uh,
2: yeah, no, I would, I'd rather not. No, I'll be honest with myself on no, that one. I
1: wouldn't let that happen! Like, I I guess, do you have any personal limits that outstanding, bait outstanding, that personally, for your part in the plan?
2: Well, I, I mean, I've, I've always liked the idea of the getaway man in the movies. I could be behind the wheel ready to go in case we need it. Or something else. I don't know. I don't know what other people are thinking at this point. Is Kurt old enough to drive? <laughs> uh, I would say Kurt is uh, old enough to drive, but he's so... He loves his skateboard so much <laughs> that he has just decided not to get his driver's
4: license. Uh, just cold sweat comes over, Conrad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
1: Julian is just fixing him with just like, deadpan stare.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and the
2: skateboard, of course, is next to him. Along with his nunchucks. I like it, Kurt. It saves on gas. Good idea. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Charlie, it sounds like. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, you got it.
5: It is not, like, at all hidden who Julianne is, especially in this town. She definitely has a reputation in town, and one way you know of, like, to get their attention would be kind of a reverse bait scenario because she definitely can hold her own and isn't, like, helpless by any means, but that would maybe be a good way to try to make people, like, think that, like, they're chasing her down because in the last few weeks, you've all definitely had to kind of go more underground than you normally have been just because of, like, how overwhelmed you've been with the doppelgangers.
1: I think Charlie is always pretty tired, but I think Julianne's pretty tired, too, and just, like, blinking in this deadpan stare at Kurt. And she feel like heaves a sigh, and she's just like, gosh, a cup of coffee would not go unnoticed right now.
2: I, I, I could do that. Do, do we have... Uh... You know what uh Conrad do you have uh you have any coffee in this in this thing?
4: Uh it's above the sink, second cabinet, the right one, not the left one. On the r- other right. Okay, all, all right. And I'm going to yeah, I'll go start making some coffee. It's very basic coffee.
1: Instant coffee.
4: <laughs> it's it's like the flavor of this coffee is brown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh Conrad,
3: that that coffee's not coming out of the orders budget, is it? Cuz I don't I don't know that if I've put that in there. Oh,
1: we'll just pull it no, under I'll expenses. pay for it if that's gonna be a problem
5: I, I like to think too no, there's so it's... much There's so much good stuff in Conrad's bus Except for the coffee obviously that like you're You're having to like reach for coffee and you're using Like moving around like ancient texts that are like Hundreds of years old <laughs> with like With like you know in Sanskrit and stuff Like that and it's just like you have to push back that To get like the folders insta coffee out
1: Do the do the ancient Texts already have coffee stains On them Yes. <laughs> I figured.
5: Conrad's definitely from like a long line of uh, people that have lived in this van as a home. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> Every, everything in here is like very basic when it comes to meals. And then when it comes to the nerd stuff, that's where it's at.
3: He's got a Necronomicon right next to a cookbook called a can of beans and duct tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
5: Thousand ways to use rice and beans. <laughs> Y'all are driving around, and Conrad, you know, especially you've been just on high alert. You start to realize in the crossing guard that you're seeing on the street in front of you. You think that you saw them a few blocks down, and you're getting a, a little, little uneasy feeling. I have a bit of an uneasy feeling about this. Could I try to
4: read a bad situation? Yeah. That is a eight.
5: All right. So on read a bad situation, you'll get to choose one of those questions off of that list. Uh, what's my best way out y'all have been just kind of driving around you're just trying to make a plan so you were just doing kind of circles and stuff around uh, around town but you realize that as you were talking the last few intersections you've been to there's been like crossing guards and it seems like people have been like trying to route y'all in a different way and uh, you're kind of putting it together that there's some like traffic cones to your left you remember you know there wasn't construction there yesterday and it doesn't look like there's anything immediately there and especially with the suspicion of the uh, crossing guard himself, you think that um, the best way out would be the route that's being blocked off.
4: Uh, Yeah, I'll definitely relay that to the group, so just kind of a uh, driving, looking over the shoulder of like, uh, Julianne. We're being corralled. Yes.
1: Okay, we need to change our plan then, because we don't have the upper hand anymore.
4: I mean, this crossing guard's telling me to stop. I could go? Go? I ignore traffic signals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Hey... Julianne is now like leaning over the front seat and looking out the window.
4: Actually, I read about this sort of thing about breaking the rules of traffic. So instead I get to add plus sharp, it seems when I act under pressure.
5: Yeah. Awesome. I know how to break the law so good. Yeah, I read about I read about a lot of cool crimes and books. (laughs)
4: <laughs> it's more like I watched America's wildest police chases before. It's like ah. Uh. I think Charlie
5: sits in like one of the back seats and buckles in.
4: Uh, that's an eleven.
5: So what? What are you trying to do? Are you just trying to drive past him? Or are you trying to hit him? Like oh no, drive past. He was like you know waving you to stop, and you just keep going, and like he's like screaming at you to stop. And are you aggressively driving past? Or are you just doing it? just
4: acting like I'm completely oblivion like oh yes hello hello because <laughs> yeah, Julianne is only
1: like 90% sure that these are all doppelgangers trying to lead them to some yeah. unknown Since fate you got
5: such a good actor to pressure like uh, what's gonna happen is is the guy's like trying to tell you to stop and you just kind of like drive past and you can see that he's like flustered that you're not following his plan so like he tries to like get out his cell phone but then he stumbles and drops it and you run over it with the back tire of the bus (laughs) to where he can't he's like because it seemed like he was trying to alert people but you're now driving past and um, Conrad you look in the rear view mirror there was a bunch of people walking around the streets that kind of seemed like just casually walking Uh, as soon as you go through the intersection and don't heed the crossing guards thing all the people that are walking around casually are now stopped and staring at you As your bus drives forward. Anybody that, you know, wants to say they look back to see what the reaction was, all of you see the same thing where it does seem like there's a lot of doppelgangers like trying to just blend in in a really creepy way are just now standing and staring at the bus as it drives away.
2: I don't want to see that. My eyes are closed. (laughs) I'm probably standing like facing everyone pouring coffee and not seeing it and they're all just looking back and I'm like,
5: what?
1: Julianne just like narrows her eyes and then gets distracted by the coffee
5: (laughs) i start handing out cups what are y'all doing it does seem like uh it does seem like you know your very light ruse is out
2: so uh, are we still headed to to denim is on to try to uh, corral as many i mean it seems like you know we could just drive around and get their attention by breaking the law more
1: yeah how far do you think they go i mean if they've blocked off the whole city roads everyone everyone in the city we just assume is a doppelganger and that no yeah, that sounds everyone about in the right. city
2: is a doppelganger i mean i think we figured that one out uh, no, at least i'm, I'm going to believe it as long as no we're good this, we're good it's
1: one of those things where i like said it out loud and then i realized how ridiculous it sounded i just like I, I keep holding on hope you know and then realizing what we're up against and letting go of that hope
4: how nuclear is this doppelganger
5: thing like obviously we'll be fine and like normal other people will be fine Are you talking about the machine itself? Yeah. And what it does is it sends out, like, because the way that you have figured out the doppelgangers do this, they're able to, like, vibrate their frequency to actually change the physical matter that their body, like, and how it represents itself. And so you found out that there is essentially a frequency that will nullify and, like, counteract their power while also at the same time, like, not knocking them out completely, but... Pretty much static's their signal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it static's their signal, and so there's, like, a good, good chunk to just kind of take out a lot of them and stuff like that, because it's just, right now, there's just, like, such an enormous wave of them, and the machine is already set up over at Denim is on. I'm kind of for Operation Start Causing Havoc. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if y'all want to try to do some more crimes just to draw a bunch of attention... No, I could smash the mailboxes with my skateboard.
1: My only concern is... Are they just going to stand there and watch? We aren't going to have
4: to pay uh, for all these crimes, are we? We won't get caught. Oh, no, we, we, we build a client. Is the client the doppelgangers?
5: That would be a very poor situation. I think as you all are saying this, Kurt, outside of the window, you just see a smashable window of an antique shop in front of you with just so many mirrors. <laughs> I'm going to point it out and say, we could start with that one.
2: There's probably, I mean, that would get a lot of attention. Oh. Imagine the alarm that would go off. <sighs> no? Okay, okay, if you don't approve... No, uh, Julian, you're probably right. You usually have a, you know, you usually know which way the compass points, so. It
1: just, it'd be such a shame. Um, okay, yeah. no. We need to lead them all. An alarm's not a bad idea. Is there any way we could get some sort of sound device to go off where we want them to go? Instead of just, like, picking a random place and hoping the alarm goes off.
3: Isn't there an alarm on our bus? Can we just set that off and drive it through the city?
5: As you guys are uh, having this conversation, you do uh, turn the corner and see uh, Crazy Eddie's sound horned emporium. It's a smaller town, but, you know, it's right outside of uh, Chicago, so they a lot of people stop by there before they go to the big city for games to get all their sound horn needs met.
1: There, right there.
5: Sharp turn. <laughs> yep. Like, if if you can Ah. drift RVs, the RV is drifting. (laughs) Y'all RV drift into, in front of the Soundhorn Emporium. What are y'all going to do? You want to try to... I'd like to read a bad situation. All right. Pick one off of the
4: read a bad situation list. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed?
5: It doesn't look like anybody is inside of there. You go like, you know, you look out the back window of the RV and you do see like some people are slowly starting to make their way down towards where y'all are. So you do know that you don't have a lot of time to go in and kind of grab anything for distractions. They're not right on top of you. They're all doing just this like really menacing slow walk, which like, you know, they do that. It's just a real big doppelganger thing. They're all just about being like really slow. <laughs> spooky and imposing it's not really anything in particular they just like it personally so they're just weird <laughs> i will ask the question then of
4: have we moved past the uh, the social grace period, like in this whole thing of like, if we know they exist and they know we exist, is it kind of past the point of like, oh, like, don't mind us, we're just casually shopping, or is it like crack the shotgun, everyone get inside. <laughs> they definitely like,
5: the four of you amongst doppelgangers are like, you know, most wanted kind of thing, so if somebody comes up to you and is nice to you, they could be a human, but they also could be a doppelganger, like faking it. You haven't confirmed that everybody in town's a doppelganger, but at this point, like, there are so so many it's overwhelming you all have seen a lot of stuff in your time but definitely this last like six months and this like doppelganger invasion in particular like seems it's like way worse than you've seen any kind of like monster infestation before so you're definitely past any kind of grace period like definitely on like shoot first ask questions later kind of thing uh yeah rack shotgun okay if you would like to
4: go shopping i'll watch the car
2: i'll i'll, I'll help pick something up real quick uh I'm going to grab my trusty baseball bat. Uh, I might as well go with I I have the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> we might not need that, Charlie, but uh, I, I like your enthusiasm. I don't know if you can
5: call it enthusiasm. Just like being alive. Julianne, you have a giant sword, correct? Oh,
1: I was getting there. Absolutely. So Julianne reaches over to where her sword is like seat belted in against the wall it doesn't have like its own seat but it does have its own seat belt uh and she just unhooks the seat belt grabs the entire thing which has a strap of its own hoists it over her shoulder it's almost as tall as she is and so <laughs> the hilt of the sword comes up uh well above her head and she lifts it like it's nothing, tosses it over her shoulder, pulls the strap tight and crouches down on the ground ready to hop out the second those doors open.
5: So so the three of you are in there Conrad, uh, you definitely have like a little setup on the top of it where you can get on the top of your RV you have like a little lawn chair that you use for whenever you know you go and hanging out, watching watching movies over like fences and not paying for tickets at like drive-ins or just you know and so you can uh, definitely get up there and be on top and the three of you can go in to try to gather some stuff um, so Charlie, Julianne and Kurt you all three make your way into the Soundhorn Emporium what kind of stuff are you looking for what's the plan what are you trying to get
1: anything loud
5: Is did you say there were workers inside earlier uh, no it seemed like this building was empty okay
2: perfect anything loud air horns or uh, anything of that ilk
6: Okay.
1: Air horns, actual horns, fireworks, and anything.
5: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Charlie?
3: I think Charlie's trying to find something small. Um, he wants to help, but he also doesn't want to carry anything. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like okay. maybe like a little drum or something.
5: <laughs> uh, okay. How about this? So all three of you, because I think you're all just kind of splitting up, all three of you are going to give me an act under pressure roll, which is just roll plus cool.
3: Yeah. Well, I rolled a five. Okay. I'm not very cool.
5: All right. I rolled a nine. Charlie, we're going to get to you last. Julianne, you're walking around, and you walk past one aisle, and then, like, stop. You see a giant display case that reads on the side, Sound Horn of the Future, Air Horn 592-2000. And it is a sound horn that, like, it's... Most people, you know, just think that it is a joke, but it is functional. But it is, like, a five-foot-tall giant air horn that says, like, you know, uh, five blasts inside. Prank your neighbor to death.
2: Kurt! <laughs> <laughs> <Cut. laughs> I'm, I'm coming, and I'm kind of stumbling over some boxes and stuff I'm searching through. And can I use the move oops? What does oops do? If you want to stumble across something important, tell the keeper. You will find something important and useful, although not necessarily related to your immediate problems.
5: Okay, yeah, you are, um, like, running, and you stumble on some boxes and some tambourines fall out and catch your eye okay i'm
2: gonna Those look like quality work what is that latin percussion hell yeah i'm
5: gonna take those
2: kurt sorry i'm coming and uh, jingle 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 as i run along with them <laughs> uh to go
5: help out you get to your sister and like she's like motioning to like help like get this monstrosity of an air horn i'm gonna look at him and say you can lift that big sword, and you can't.
2: You can't lift. Okay,
5: all right. I can no, help no, with this just, one too. No, I just
1: wanted to show
2: you. Oh, well, yeah, of course, absolutely. I you pack up, pack up. They got a bogo
5: deal here. <laughs> she could definitely like get it out of there, but you could, if you want to give her your skateboard, she could like set it on there for easier mobility.
7: Yeah,
1: is
5: oh, this, absolutely.
7: It's, it's not
1: heavy to Julianne. It's just. Yeah unwieldy
5: they're doing that and Charlie you're just trying to look for something very small and it's a weird thing that you're trying to because like you heard the plan and in your head you're like cool something small and easy to carry and so you're just picking things up and just kind of measuring them up against like your fingers because you're just like I really don't want to exert any more effort than I have to and you walk around the aisle and then you see somebody in a Crazy Eddie's Airhorn Emporium shirt and they just, like, look at you and go, how may I help you, sir? Oh, uh,
3: I didn't know anyone was here. Hi, I'm, I'm Charlie. Um, we're, we're uh, you know, looking for things that
5: make noise. You came to the right place. You know, some of our best noise makers are in the back.
3: The back, um, you know, like out of an eye shot of everyone else, huh?
5: Well, yeah, that's that's generally what the back means. You know, you have a weird way to... Weird way you're talking right now. Seemed very suspicious.
3: Well, you know, no. Just, you know, got away about me, so... Um... You know, I'm just, I'm just browsing. Um, I'll, I'll come and get you if I... If I need anything. Help.
5: Okay, are you trying to, like, walk away?
3: Yeah, I'm trying to, like, back up and, like, see if I can get down one of the side aisles.
5: Uh so you start to back up, and then you, you feel like you back into somebody, and you turn around, and you see the exact same employee... Uh, and goes, hello, sir. Welcome to, to the Airhorn Emporium. How may we help you?
3: We? And I turn around and look to see if the same guy's standing on the other side.
5: Yeah, there's definitely two of, uh, him.
3: Oh, brothers, um, let, uh, <laughs> no, I I was just browsing. Can I get down, like,
5: a side aisle? <laughs> if you're going to try to, uh, run again, you're going to have to give me another action or pressure roll, but now you're going to take... A minus minus one it's gonna be a six you try to run uh, down another aisle and just before you can like get any any at all far away um, one of them trips you sending you flying forward into like a rack of air horns as you fall and take one harm and Julianne and Kurt you hear on the other side what just happened like the fighting going down and uh, Charlie falling and the air horns going off
3: Wow, that is awful customer service. I am going to leave this place the worst Yelp review.
5: As you say that, the two of them stand over you, and you see their skin shimmer as, like, a ripple comes across of them, and then the two of them are now shape shapeshifted and, uh, into forms of Charlie. Shit. Kurt and Julianne, what are you doing? I think uh, as we're probably getting the the giant air horn on the skateboard,
2: this would probably happen. would be like, uh oh. Should be we good. We, we need to go, right? Roll it. Yeah, let's roll it. We're gonna roll it over there and uh and try to try to see what's going on with all that noise.
5: You roll it over there and as soon as they start to hear that happening, Charlie, you're on the ground looking very confused, and they look over, look at each other and look down at you, and then they fall down and they hit other things down um like they knock other shelves down so whenever julianne and Kurt come over there are three identical looking charlies all falling into a different rack of air horns pointing at one of the other ones and screaming that like they're a doppelganger
2: Okay. But we, we have that ward that we can tell. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah
5: you do. They but they still they're still trying to do <laughs> they're still trying to do the trick.
2: Uh, I'm just gonna look at Julie and roll my eyes and be like, oh no, which one is the real Charlie? Yeah, one of them's like, yeah, no, this it, is cute.
5: it's this definitely, is... It's definitely me, it's definitely me. And like and they're like, That's one the, the imposter pointing to the one that you definitely know is the real Charlie.
3: Who's crying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Juliet is just like <laughs> sympathetically nodding uh at these these two people, as she draws her sword from her back,
5: <laughs> all right uh, roll it kick some ass,
1: okay
2: unfortunately, in this situation, we just kill everyone to be sure <laughs> i
1: am I am making sure that like oh yeah we have no, I'm telling doppel- this to the
2: doppelgangers. <laughs> <laughs> No I as you're pulling
5: your sword. Yeah. <laughs> this is the other thing too. Like doppelgangers are, you know, they're a whole different creature. It's not that like somebody's been taken over. Right. I did want to clarify ki- that. And you're killing a person. This is like a creature that makes themselves look like people.
6: Yeah,
1: that wasn't great. This is a 5.
5: Oh god, even oh, ah, ooh. Yep. You go to swing your sword on one of them and they just pull out an air horn and blast you with it. <laughs> Ugh. So you're only gonna take one harm, which, uh, and then you're gonna. St-
1: Does that count against armor?
5: No, yeah, no, that that counts because it would just be because what it would be is that like you're falling back. So they spooked you, so you're going to take one harm, and you haven't like lost your sword, but you definitely dropped your sword.
1: It clangs on the ground.
5: Kurt, what do you do? You saw your sister do that. And then, uh, Conrad, once Kurt goes, you will have a chance to react because you will be hearing stuff going on inside. Kurt, what are you going to do?
2: I am going to use, uh, I don't know if I'm using this correctly, but uh, a move called the power of the heart. When fighting a, a monster, if you help someone, don't roll plus cool, you automatically help as though you'd roll a 10, so I'm going to do that by helping Julianne, uh, you know, did you, she dropped her sword, right?
6: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to help her by picking it up and saying here and kind of like, you know, pointing at her and just giving her a thumbs up. Like
5: you got this, hey, I know you got this. Okay. Yeah. So generally with, um, what that would do is, like, you could give her a plus one in your roll, but I'm fine with just, like, you know, interpreting that in other ways because the system's very flexible and fun like that. So what I can just do is, is I think, like, your brother is used to just being, you know, your your sidekick and your hype man, and before the sword even, like, clangs on the ground, like, he jumps, grabs it midair and, like, tosses it back to you, and you can take uh, one more attempt at kicking some ass because your ah. brother just helped you out. Six. <laughs> he throws you the sword and you really do think god my brother's so kick ass and like I said you're having this really hard time like cause especially like not only you know you're worried about your little brother but you're also having to understand that he's no longer just your little brother he's coming into his own and even though you have all this power he's found a way to like fight by your side so it's also that you're coming to terms that he's growing up and you know might not need you as much as more and just seeing how good he is in combat and battle kind of like brings a tear to your eyes so you have like a reflection moment of how proud you (laughs) are of your brother and then you get your leg swiped out from under you as a doppelganger takes this opportunity and that you're gonna take two harm.
1: I am the chosen one I swear.
5: (laughs) Conrad you hear just a lot of clattering from inside and the all too familiar sounds of Charlie crying.
1: Julianne crying out in frustration. It's she doesn't swear. But she just says, "Golly gee!"
5: So Conrad will go ahead and I guess hop
1: Where?
4: off the RV. Just I assume it's like the nice little like glass swing doors. Yeah. So just
5: kind of kick those in, shotgun in hand. I assume I see the whole scene. They were close to the front of the store because Charlie didn't exert much effort by searching far back. All righty. So that's which? Of,
4: so I will shoot one of the Charlies that's not crying. Yeah, which would be uh, roll that kicks the
5: ass. That's an eleven. <laughs> I'll suffer less harm since everyone else is getting hurt. You see Conrad come in and just blow the head off of one of the doppelgangers as it does that. And then, Conrad, you'll take uh, one harm. So the reason why you take one harm, though, is, is you're looking really cool as you just did that. But the doors are like, you know, they swing both ways. So, like, you kick them forward and then they fly back. And then one door just, like, slaps you on the back of the head for one harm.
4: <laughs> is that even with the uh, the negative one in there? Because I got the uh, success and I was going to take less harm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then you
5: won't take any harm. So it's, uh-huh. your pride is hurt. <laughs> it was awesome for about like a second and then it kind of turned goofy. <laughs> Charlie, what are you going to do? You're, there's now a lot of uh, doppelganger blood on you.
3: Uh, I think at this point, Charlie basically is essentially going to pass out. Okay. Um, so he, but what happens when he passes out is his eyes kind of go gray for a second. And they roll back in his head and then he kind of like sits up a little straighter and a big grin comes across his face. And uh, he looks at one of the doppelgangers and reaches into, into his backpack that he's been carrying around, and he pulls out a flintlock pistol.
5: <laughs> so everybody, this is August. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can roll a kick some ass as you fire your, your flintlock pistol. That's going to be a 10. Okay, great. So same thing. You, you're going to trade blows, but you can choose one off of uh, that list. I'd
3: like to give one forward to Julianne.
5: Okay, great. Yeah, so you shoot him with your flintlock pistol, and he takes the shot in the shoulder and looks pretty hurt, uh, but like he just decks you one, and you're going to take two harm. Uh, Julianne, you see, August is back, and I think that kind of bolsters your spirits because it's not that you dislike Charlie, but you know, in any situation, it's better to have August around except for taxes.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think there's, like, a little bit of relief, like, oh, thank goodness, because I was struggling, and if Charlie were still struggling, like, we'd just all be screwed, so. Julianne will stand up. She's griping a little bit as she does it, but then she just kind of heaves a sigh and swings the sword around again.
5: Oh, yeah, roll to kick some ass, and you get an additional plus one. An eight. The one remaining one just kind of runs at you, seeing that you're kind of going for it. And he takes a a swipe on you, and you're going to take two harm. You just spin around and just slice off his head. And then because of your badass chosenness, you negate two harm, right? I do. Yeah.
3: I think August goes over to where the doppelganger's head just got cut off, and he looks up and grins at Julianne, and he goes, well done, Julianne. This new generation of hunters is is exquisite.
1: (laughs) Couldn't have done it without you, August." Well, no literally like if if it were Charlie we I'd, mm.
5: <laughs> Conrad since you are by the door though you do hear some footsteps and it does seem like um all of the noise has drawn some extra attention time's a factor here
2: <laughs> okay uh, uh Kurt's gonna go over and start moving the uh the giant air horn again towards towards the door hold the doors open
5: um so there's definitely a large grouping of like doppelgangers like kind of getting on your position and you Load up the air horn and then Conrad, you get in the car and all of you are kind of looking more so behind you. And then when you get in the car, you realize like in front of you, there's also a fair amount of doppelgangers. Your mission of drawing more attention to yourself was very successful. So Fantastic. Julianne,
1: with the air horn, mm-hmm. it's big and unwieldy, right? It's not something that would just fit in the back of the truck. How much space do we have in the, the back of the truck? in the back of this van it
5: it would take it it, it, like it takes up like essentially a whole seat in the back of the rv okay and it's very loud and then also like there's warning on it to say like do not use indoors so the (laughs) idea so like you also need to be very careful too because if this thing like fell and went off inside of the rv all of you you know would get blasted with this giant air horn
1: we've talked about trying to get them all in one place already and that the air horn might be the best way to do it
5: Uh, you do put together though that there is uh, like I said this takes up about an entire seat and Conrad does have a pretty nice setup on the roof um, where the chair is set up there and the family is definitely a big fan of the Teen Wolf series so they're all about (laughs) some van surfing and chilling so there's even some (laughs) like straps up there to where you can stay in the chair once it's moving Conrad's dad who who he got the bus from. Used to just have like some really bad tempers moments and stuff like that. So he would just stay on the bus, and they would still have to like you know continue <laughs> driving. So he would just stay up there. So it's pretty sturdy, actually.
1: My next question is, how many doppelgangers have gathered here? Like we're looking to gather a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. But
5: uh, right now, you look around, and there's probably easily around thirty starting to get on you. Okay. I'm just
4: reflecting back to my dad being upset on top of the RV like, you drive, honey. I'm, I'm going to go up to the roof and just like 60 miles an hour down a highway. and just arms crossed like...
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his face is still just yeah. like getting pushed by the wind.
4: <laughs> yeah, big yeah. twirly mustache. Yeah. Just- That's
5: the only place your dad felt <laughs> comfortable crying because no one could tell. He was like, it's the fact that there's 60 mile winds in my eyes. I don't have feelings. <laughs> uh, Julianne
1: dad. will toss the air horn up Onto the roof of the RV and mm-hmm. hoist herself up after it.
5: Yeah, so I, th- I think you can do that. And, you know, if you want, like I said, you can strap yourself in the air horn in to where you can stay up there and do a couple blasts as you're trying to gather the attention.
1: Cover your ears! And then she uh, releases the first bout of the air horn and she aims it directly at the group of doppelgangers right in front of the RV. Goal is at least to throw them off. Yeah, so uh, you,
5: you kind of push it like towards that that section, like you turn it and like slam down on it. And as soon as you do it, the three of you that are inside of the van, like, feel like the bus is, like, the RV itself is, like, shaking and things like that. And there's, like, five doppelgangers that were, like, walking up close to the car. And earlier how Charlie had seen their skin kind of ripple as they, like, transferred into him. It's a terrifying vision of what you see (laughs) as this sound blast hits them. Because, like I said, they use different vibration wave frequencies to, like, be able to transform and mold their body. So what you start to see is, like their skin blasting and rippling as if like but instead of just like pushing their face back they're rippling in between different faces and identities that they've like assumed Ooh. over the time as this blast hits them and the five of them like as they're doing this like kind of fall down and shake Conrad you recognize this as like a very mild version of what you're planning to do to all of them you see one of this mm-hmm. some of the ones starting to behind you even though doppelgangers love that very like spooky slow determined walk they're starting to like kind of walk a bit faster um, as you definitely just irritated them. So you now have four blasts remaining. And let's say effectively that got you the attention of about another 20 doppelgangers.
1: God, would have been so good to have those fireworks right about now.
4: Yeah, agreed. Fireworks are just always cool. I have a thing called preparedness. Uh, it's when I need something unusual or rare, I can roll sharp, <laughs> and it might be right there. <laughs>
5: oh yeah, so roll and roll sharp.
4: I'm gonna say since I was in the store, it might be like a, oh you need those? They're just okay. Like- <laughs> you, you
5: definitely have just a treasure trove of random shit in your RV. So <laughs> this is not <laughs> out of I was of smuggling question. these one time. That's
4: a total of
5: seven. Okay, and so what does that say
4: on uh, the? Uh, it says uh, between seven and nine. You have it, but not here. It'll take some time to get to it.
5: So, yeah, pretty much that's it. It's like you hear her say like she wish she had some like fireworks and stuff like that. And then you remember that you actually uh, always love to celebrate a mission, mission success (laughs) with a giant (laughs) fireworks show. And you were going to surprise everybody. But you remember it is back at the order headquarters. Conrad keeps his information to himself.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like, oh, if you told me we needed fireworks, I would have No,
5: (laughs) August and Kurt, what are y'all doing as this is like happening? Because the two of you are in the back of the RV.
2: The only thing I could think of was uh, screaming at them before, you know, as we're rolling down the road and saying, (laughs) hey, Doppelcon 2019. It's right over. They're holding it. Denim is on. Uh, come on to Donald, Doppelcon at
5: Denim is on. Well, everyone's meeting. Give me a roll plus charm. You're not okay. supposed to be able to charm monsters and stuff like this in the game, but I love doing dumb shit like that. So
2: I noticed that I was gonna say you know like uh, manipulate a person, but I was like, well, there's not one for a, a monster. So, well, that's
5: a ten. So
2: what did you call the con? Doppelcon.
5: Yeah. So you hear one of them go, Doppelcon. Shit, dude. I thought that was I thought that wasn't until like spring. Hell yeah, Doppelcon that sounds pretty good. And so there's a bunch of, like, whispers going around, and you've actually, uh, you see a couple of doppelgangers, like, tweeting on Doppel Twitter, and you've gotten a few more people, uh, coming to on because they're ready for DoppelCon. I
2: forgot I, I started following DoppelCon on, on Twitter recently, but I, this worked out real well. It's trending. In August, what are you doing? I would like to use one of his spooky powers if I could.
3: Um, I have one called Tune In. You can attune your mind to a monster or a minion. Uh, there's a couple questions I can ask, but I would like to know if I can do that, sort of like push my mind out and attune to more than one of them.
5: Yeah, yeah, just give me the roll, and then we'll kind of see, see what we can get out of this.
3: So that's going to be plus weird. So two. I ended up with an 8.
5: Okay, and then, so then what is a, that?
3: On a 7 to 9, hold 1. So I get to ask one question. Uh, One of the questions is how can I attract its attention? I'd like to Mm -hmm. know how can I attract more of them?
5: Uh, You kind of like tap into this thing and what you surmise through this is that um, they aren't like a hive mind, like one thought controls all of them, but they do have a link amongst them on like a really basic level. And especially right now, there's so much buzz about Doppelcon you definitely realize, I think, that if you ha- hop on that hashtag, like, you can really start pushing it, and a lot of people are going to be really excited about DoppelCon over at Denimazon. So you come back, and all you can just see is, like, Kurt's phone and your ghost vision is just, like, brightened up as you just know, like, that's the real way to get all these doppelgangers over to Denimazon.
3: So I think I, I walk over to Kurt, and I put a hand on his shoulder, and I'm like, whatever you're doing with that that thing, that 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 contraption, keep doing it.
5: You got it. He looks at you and he goes, You gotta tweet harder. And then we have like this really cool montage of just like a bunch of close ups of your hand, just like tapping numbers and emojis and stuff like that, and just like replying, and retweeting. So yeah, there's like a little like, scrolling
4: text feed of like Doppelcon.
2: Yeah. I'm wiping sweat from my brow. I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah I've got like a, a sweatband yeah. on and, and everything ready to go.
5: Doppelgangers have a weirdly good sense of humor online. They all have the exact same avatar like photo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty easy to tell which one's a doppelganger account. Uh, so yeah, so you're, you're just drawing up people and like Conrad, you're just noticing, you're hearing all these like dings in the back coming from Kurt's phone as August like looked over his shoulder and is like You know, like the coach from Rocky now, like trying to tell him, yes, tell him how to do this. And you, you now all have like a fair amount of doppelgangers up on you. Julianne, what are you doing um, up top?
1: So she's not using the, the rest of the air horn yet. Only four more blasts and we don't really need it in front of us. And what good's it going to do to affect the ones behind us? We want them to come with us to Doppelcon. (laughs) So right now she's just wedged the air horn like between her knees and is like holding it tightly there and is just has her hands, like, up in the air, just, like, feeling the wind around her fingers and hollering every few seconds, like, woo (laughs) Uh,
5: So roll to act under pressure, roll plus cool.
1: Cool, and I think that this is also, uh, she's picking up on a lot of uh, what Kurt has started, and so she's, like, she's hopping onto that hype train.
2: (laughs) Oh, I would definitely brag about Kurt's uh, social media escapades And probably every once in a while, sticking my head out the window to yell it up to Julianne.
7: (laughs) We're up to a thousand attendees.
2: (laughs) (laughs) 600
3: retweets. I think Charlie has a phone, but uh, August keeps throwing it away. (laughs) 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 Don't need this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Julianne, first of all, is is on that hype train, definitely like echoing the, yeah, DoubleCon, woo! And uh, I. Rolled a 10 on Act Under Pressure.
5: What you start to do, especially with your previous knowledge, you pick up that all doppelgangers just have the same avatar. And that's pretty much the blue check mark to them. You know, there's no real verification. So you just take a selfie and use your sword and, like, make it look like you're upside down and say, like, new edition of Doppelcon. We're going to kill Julianne the Chosen. Be there in 30. And just immediately you just start to see, like, the retweets just flying off uh, as you have used your own death as a way to draw people in.
1: Oh, and, yes. and julianne is living for it
5: so yeah y'all are using the power of twitter to um draw all these people and so i think conrad realizing uh, that now is like an opportune time with uh, the people like you are keeping a slow pace so the doppelgangers would catch up with you uh but you're very sure that you've done all that you guys can so you need to like speed up and get to denim is on to go prep the machine and also, pretty yes. badges and mm. God, set there's of so tables. much, there's so much admin work to do. Anyways, and like you know, we got to make sure we pick up the talent from the airport, all right? And we can't have it do it in your fucking your old Toyota Camry. Did
1: anyone take care of signage?
5: <laughs> August's gonna need you to sign a bunch of checks while you're
2: August and not Charlie, because <laughs> you still have the same handwriting, right? You, that's that's how it works, right? Yeah. I'm in his head. I know
3: how to do it. <laughs> yeah. T- yeah.
2: Okay. Cool. Sign all the checks. Get it all cleared, and we should be good to go in no time. Uh, August starts writing out these checks but when he
3: get when he writes the name Charlie he puts like the heart for the dot yeah. on the I. And then Kurt, <laughs>
5: Kurt's like thinking that this is like a pretty good way he can just cast all these checks but then when you do see it, um, you do see that August has dated it for like 1887.
2: Uh, 90 days. Uh, you're doing a great job, August. Um, yeah, okay. And I go back to my phone just in time to see the whole thing about killing my sister. I'm like, uh, wait. <laughs> oh, okay. I get
5: it. <laughs> you all make your way back to Denim is on, and Conrad, you're able to make sure that you weren't being immediately trailed, so you probably have a good, like, 10 or 15 minutes to, like, set up and prep, and you think you only need about 10 of those 15 minutes, but um, you do know that everybody is on the way for, for DoppelCon. What are you all going to be doing? So the layout of, of Denim is on. it's in an old kind of like shopping district that has since been like shut down over just years of like you know the town just kind of you know slowly you know shrunk over time and y'all chose this area just because you wanted to make sure that there was very little collateral damage not everyone in town's a doppelganger but there's definitely a lot of them and you know even though this machine isn't going to hurt people it's definitely going to be kind of like a ground zero for a big fight. When you say shopping
4: center are you kind of like picturing like a uh, like a strip mall like yeah, so it's three got small sh- stores and a it's big lot like, (laughs)
5: It's different strip malls so this one in particular isn't like part of a long strip of strip mall it's like on its own but if you imagine like a strip mall like kind of like few blocks area where there's like you know a strip of things and then like an individual store and just giant parking lots that's kind of like the area you're looking at but for denim is on itself it's a it is by itself but still around lots of other ones Uh, i
4: think at this point conrad would kind of take charge of the giant air horn and see
5: if he can rig something up Ooh, i like that um, maybe maybe, maybe nice. use my
4: little workshop maybe maybe some gadgets
5: so how about we just do this because you definitely do have a lot of stuff in your shop so just give me a sharp roll and then you're going to get an additional plus one because you are like you have the access to everything in your rv yeah
4: i figure it's not not anything
5: elegant it's going to be like a lot of like yeah tape a lot of tape if your dad taught you anything, it's cry on the top of a bus and always use duct tape for everything. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Time to take a trip on the cry bus. That's going to be a 12.
5: You put it in the front seat of the car and you have like an, uh, you know, a backup duster jacket and hat that you like put on top of it and put on like a fake pair of glasses and like mustache thing. And so people might even think that it is you, uh, <laughs> driving this car because you have rigged it up so well with the, uh, with the 12. It's it's a Voight volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the other 3 of you doing for, for kind of prepping for what you know is about to be a uh, a huge like onslaught?
2: I know I'm going to walk up to Julian with a uh, box of I'm sure I assume there's tons of pants in this place. Yeah. So I'm going to walk him and be like, "So I, sh- I should set up like a like a free f- free pants table for attending Doppelcon, do you think free pants is is good for buying the three-day pass?
1: Yeah, how long do we let them think they're a Doppelcon before we like, you know...
2: Well, I I figured, you know, a little bit of pageantry along with uh, decimating as many as possible would be good.
1: How close do we get to killing me before we decimate them all?
2: Oh, I mean... Hopefully the pants will keep their attention for a little while? Uh. I
1: mean, if you want to give out free pants, maybe like uh, rubber band them together and like... Throw them out into the audience?
2: I bet Conrad has a shirt cannon. He yes. has the yes. strangest things on his bus.
5: I'm going to ask yes. him.
2: Maybe I can just launch pants. It'll be a pants cannon.
5: Yes. I just like t shirt cannons. So I think, yes, yeah, there is one. <laughs> I was going to say, like,
4: it's probably not, I probably haven't used it as a t shirt cannon, but it's probably like functionally a t shirt yeah, you, cannon. You, you
5: pull it out, and the t shirt cannon, uh, like, it's next to a bunch of bundles of sticks that are all, like, are all wrapped around. And you pretty much can see that this has been, like, blessed time it was used was retrofitted to just shoot out multiple stakes at once
1: it's just actually a cannon but can it shoot pants
5: yeah and then you throw all of that out and then like all of the actual deadly stakes and stuff like that and you throw those out (laughs) and then load it in with like a pair of jinko jeans
2: oh wow that's gonna cover some ground I might be able to get a two-for-one on that one.
5: Kurt, you you now have a t-shirt cannon. Julianne and August, what are you doing?
1: Well, well Julianne's been uh, helping Kurt get set up to welcome guests to DoppelCon, uh, but the additional part of the setup is getting the, the air horn in a location, and yes, this is indoors, uh, where it will... A blast, um.
5: Okay, so I think you can put it, like, in the very, like, front entrance of, uh, and then you can use the same disguise that Conrad had done to put it in the front seat to where it lo- just looks like a customer is browsing a rack of jeans, um, uh, but really, in all reality, it's just a giant five-foot-tall air horn. August, what are you doing? I think August wants to help,
3: you know, create the ruse of the, uh, Doppelcon. So, you know, your plan yes. has legs, so he grabs his cane from the truck, he searches Charlie's memory and Charlie remembered that there's a copy shop in the strip mall uh, called copy gangers. And <laughs> he, he, he drew up a quick sign while they were in the truck. Uh, so he's going to make copies and post those up as posters. Uh, so he takes the cane and he smashes the window of uh, copy gangers and he makes a bunch of copies and he starts to tape them up around the building. And they all say, Doppelkon. Doppelcon, Anyone who's been anyone will be there.
5: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I was going to make you roll for this, but I'm going to let you know, Aaron, as a player, just did such a good job that you get all of that. Like, you just, you can have all of those banners. And I think Julianne's helping, and Julianne's had, like, a lot of experience doing, like, welcoming committees for the church and does a lot of, like, outreach stuff, especially being the Chosen. She has to do a lot of meet and greets. Uh, What started to be, like, a weird joke, especially for Conrad, too, because, like, you know, he's probably not on Twitter or, or, or as up on anything, so he doesn't have, like, a full understanding even what Doppelcon is and like Conrad just like goes to double check real quick and make sure everything's good and like the front room is transformed into what actually looks like a pretty decent convention center Uh, you didn't realize how good Kurt was at like sewing Because he's ripped up a bunch of jeans and then now has, like, a bunch of, like, cool designs around. And then, like, there's little doppelganger art of just, like, like identical-looking people. And then there's a bunch of welcome banners. And Julianne has, like, put on a more, you know, welcoming outfit. And her her giant sword is just hidden in, like, uh, a a denim sheath that she's, like, created (laughs) to hide her sword. And, like... You even yourself, you know, you don't know what's going on, but you kind of feel very welcome to DoppelCon and you can see why, you know, it was, it was definitely trending just recently.
4: Take out a disposal camera, take a picture, remember to photocopy that to my live journal later.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Oh
5: man. But yeah, and then, uh, like, Conrad, you go look out front, and sure enough, you see the, the, the menacing speed walking of what looks like to be, you know, easily like 100 to 200 doppelgangers. Oh.
4: Put on my Doppelkon pass. Same. Yeah, no, I guess I'll just kind of like prop the doors open and make it seem inviting on the door side and probably stay close to... I'm probably more of like an out-of-sight type person. I'm not I'm not going to blend in with this community yeah, at all. Yeah, you
5: definitely <laughs> did not just do any of this last very intense 10-minute prep setup for what's now going to be the best con that uh, Waukegan, Illinois has seen in years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Julianne has oversized jeans on and an oversized hat on and is making herself a very scarce, but not straying too far from the air horn.
5: Yeah, and then, so I think the way it's set up, is y'all are in the front room and then there's a back room like storage area and then that's where the uh, machine is set up and you know that you have about like a good probably 50 yard radius that this thing will like affect everyone in so the scary thing about it is is like you have to try to get as many of them up close and but with this you definitely think you have a good chance of like uh, fooling some of them because you've also like run into a lot of them and even though you all have the wards and things like that they're also not the smartest they just generally try all of the same tricks over and over again and (laughs) you all have a decent chance of making them think that you're also doppelgangers
4: yeah no i'll just kind of post up in the back then towards where the machine is keep an eye on uh, uh, keep an eye out find some awesome sunglasses little flames down the end of them put on my disguise which is just the sunglasses
3: (laughs) can i can i help with this disguise (laughs) <laughs> yeah what are you trying to do i wanna i wanna help out by uh making him look like a an employee i'm gonna give him a name badge like a sticker name badge and it says like hi my name is one of us <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah perfect yeah you, you give that to him and then now conrad you blend in more as like an employee so you kind of uh, it, you know, it makes sense. While you're a little lost, you don't necessarily want to be there, but you do, you do have to have a paycheck, even though like doppelganger still got to eat. Exactly, and it's time and a half. Who kind of would be at the front of the shop to like greet the first couple of people coming up? I I would love to. <laughs> I mean. I know that puts me kind of in danger but at the same time so so you all see like there's like you know like I said hordes of doppelgangers coming in and the few that were like in the front as they like approach they kind of seem suspicious but as they just kind of see like the true amount of detail and intricateness put into this doppelcon and especially because everyone was so confused I could have sworn it was later but they go they go in and and like walk up and they go up to you Kurt and they're like oh hey uh, I guess are you the are you like the check-in station Uh, yeah, you, you can,
2: you can, if you didn't get your tickets online because you heard about it late, this is, this is Doppelcon Midwest, we're working up something, so, you know, glad you could make it, get ready for one hell of a good time. It's gonna just be, I don't, I don't even want to waste time, because I want to get you in there to experience all of this greatness that we have in plan, that we have in store for all of
5: us. Give me, give me a, a charm roll. I'm just going to see how well this goes over. And I'm going to give you a plus one on that. That's a 13, then. They, like, look at you and then look at, like, back and then goes, well, it did say one of us, which is a really general way to show that we're all the same person, and that's good enough for me. And then they start to, like, pick up some of the, the denim art that you did, and they're just, like, <laughs> super impressed.
2: Oh, if you want to buy that, that's the, you know, the first run. Uh, I I'm charging $50 for it, but... It's up for sale. If not, you can go see one of us in the back uh, wearing those six shades uh, that they picked up. And you can get those two for $15 at
5: the uh, vendors. They're, like, very impressed by you. And then they look down and they see, like, sticking out of your back pocket a tambourine. And they go, oh, are you going to be playing later? Because you know how we love tambourine music. Uh, Yes, yes. uh,
2: I, (laughs) Kind of a new act uh, trying to get my get my kicks in where I can. So yes, I'm going to be playing it tambourine man um,
1: opening for the main event.
2: Exactly. They go, "Yeah, I can't wait. Do you know when that's supposed to take place?" Uh, give it give me an hour and a half. I have to tune my tambourine. <laughs>
5: okay. <laughs> so so they, they they buy that. So Conrad, you're in the back watching this and the first couple of people come in and they definitely buy it. So Julianne, a few more people come in. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think that Julianne started out in uh, this outfit near the air horn and then just went, nope, this is not going to be a good place. And uh, she, like, lifts the air horn but, like, tries to make it look like like, she has her arm around it and they're, like, walking through the convention, you know, and... uh,
5: it's still on a skateboard too, so it's easier to like mm. move around. You're you're, you're effectively goodness. weakened at burning this uh, <laughs> this air I horn.
6: Am. Yes. Right,
5: so you give me a you you also give me an act under pressure plus cool, and you're going to get a plus one on that because of how good uh, this whole convention's going off.
1: Okay. Ten.
5: Nice. So, so once again, like a few people come up and talk to you and ask you a few questions about Doppelcon and you're able to like, you know, answer them and no one is at all like second guessing you moving this air horn into a better position. So wherever you kind of wanted to like set it up, you got it like exactly where you want. And I think there's even like one Doppelganger just kind of having a very one-sided conversation with with the air horn about how they're very excited for the tambourine performance that they just found out about. <laughs>
1: yes, we are all so excited.
2: Most are confused because they don't get the cosplay reference. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I like how we did so poorly in the store with combat, but we are absolutely rocking yeah. the crap out yeah, of yeah. This Doppelcon. isn't a combat
5: group, but this is definitely a high. We chance. are a combat group. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ah. All right, August. Uh, what are you? What are you doing? Like you're seeing everything go very well, and there's actually a couple people admiring the the craftsmanship and design on some of the banners.
3: Yeah, I think uh, August has since uh, changed clothes because he hates wearing Charlie's modern clothes um he keeps a full victorian outfit in the backpack that he carries around and he's just standing by one of the tables and he's like polishing up his flintlock pistol so I'm hoping for the outside world. It looks like he's cosplaying.
5: Yeah, yeah, they like it. Someone actually goes up and is like, "Oh, I like that." So I guess, like you know, this is this is what your you know, your kind of your ancestors would have uh, what, like the pose they would have done. And so I think a lot of people actually um, think that you're kind of more of an exhibit than anything. So you give me uh, act under pressure check as well, and you'll also get a plus <laughs> one because of how good Doppelcon is going.
3: Um, I rolled a four. Oh. Well, I rolled
5: a three plus one. They're like watching you and they're all talking about how it's like very impressive, um, you know, seeing the the dedication that you have to the craft. And because you're wearing like an old Victorian shirt, they're not, you know, it has a bit more flow and a bigger neck than a lot of people expect. And so you're like trying to like show off your flintlock pistol and your shirt kind of like falls down a bit and they see the like upper part of your chest. Where you have a uh, anti doppelganger reward tattoo uh, revealed to everybody, they look at it and just go, "Wait a minute, that's weird. Why does this interactive art piece at this doppelcon have something that's very explicitly anti doppelganger? Is he trying to make kind of some kind of political statement, or is ah th- <laughs> oh, shit? Everyone, I think this is a trap. At this point, luckily, there is about like you know about half of the horde of doppelgangers you saw coming in are already inside of the room with you." And there's a lot close, um, but Conrad, you are in the back, and you hear uh, two doppelgangers like try to start saying that they think this is a trap, and you only Conrad notices this. August has exposed his uh, his war tattoo. I feel like I need to keep
4: the ruse going. <laughs> August being. A worldly person, I would assume, would know the classic routine of, hey, you prisoner guy, what are you doing? So I'm going to go over. I'm going to try and sell like a slap (laughs) and just try and play it off as like you're supposed to be an exhibit. Prisoner.
5: Okay, yeah. So you're also going to give act under pressure. I'll give you a plus one as well. Alrighty. So that's going to be a seven. Yeah. So you do, you do sell it, and they're upset, and they just go, oh, okay. Well, if you got, you know, if you got a doppelganger, it won't listen. We all know the doppelganger code, right? And they look at you and like they're shaking their head, like waiting for you to agree. Yes. And they go, great. All right, everyone, we got a beheading to start off Doppelcon. The two of them are trying to grab August and bring him to the center of the room. And everyone's kind of like, oh, looks like we got a defective one. I always love, I always love, you know, beheading one of us. It's a, it's a weird thing because, uh, we as we all know, when a doppelganger watches another doppelganger die, they see their true forms in the eyes of the dead ones. So it's always a real fun just to kind of look at death in the face as you all see, like, August getting pulled to the center of the room as there are yeah. more doppelgangers are, like, flooding in now because they know there's about to be a beheading. Uh, Yes,
2: yes. We all know what happens, and of course, we need to sound the beheading horn. Julianne's
1: like motioning, tambourine opening yes. number,
2: an opening and act. The, and of course, the beheading horn is preluded by the tambourine ceremony. <laughs> and I start busting out the tar- tambourine, trying to get everyone's attention to give whatever time's needed to do what we need to do in this moment, seeing what's happening. So you're
5: going to get, you're going to roll a, a plus charm. Uh, you're going to get a plus one on it because you know that this is their favorite instrument. Uh, and it turns out that that tambourine you found earlier was uh, pretty convenient later.
1: I Sounds like will it. say that Julianne has taken the air horn over to the stage because that is where all of these events should be happening. Right, so she has yep. set it up over there. Yeah. Uh, full view of of where everyone will be standing. Mm -hmm.
5: And the way that you've positioned it is everyone thinks that, um, you've placed the jacket on it to where it's like, it looks like it's looking at the stage, but you've turned the air horn itself backwards, but designed the the actual (laughs) horn of it to look like a backwards cap. So, (laughs) (laughs) And I will step on stage and start my
2: performance. That's that's a wait one second. That's a seven. Okay. Well, then I think this is a moment where uh, I definitely need to be a little lucky. So we'll change that to a 12.
5: Okay. Yeah. So I think what happens is like you hit like the tambourine once, and then someone goes, "That guy doesn't even know how to tune a tambourine. Let's go out and just fucking kill this dude to kick off Doppelcon <laughs> And then, and then you're just like, "Oh no, 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 no!" And then you hit it again, and then you find that that's the sweet spot for doppelgangers and their love. <laughs> of tambourines as like all of you and like you all know that this like this is like supposed to be a ruse so you could possibly help august escape but you all are very enticed by how good kurt is the tambourine especially julianne you did not know that your brother was like musically talented at all let alone uh maybe even a a tambourine prodigy
2: I am a tambourine prodigy. I'm so
1: proud, and Julianne is proud but multitasking. Uh, she's <laughs> motioning to like Conrad to get August up on the stage for the actual beheading event. Oh, you know, okay, yeah.
5: I think because I think you you two go over there and you try to say that like at, like the two that were like holding him down are just like they're like, oh no, okay, I guess you got him. Yeah, thanks for taking it. You know, you know, I love it, you know you know I love a good tambourine solo.
1: Gotta make it an event memorable social media
5: so they so yeah they, and they go yeah they go like hashtags yeah buzzwords and then you put <laughs> you you're you're able to like take august on stage the four of you are on stage kurt is in front doing a very enticing solo mm-hmm. and um you now have like august and august like you're still like you know set up to where it looks like they're going to behead you but Julianne and Conrad aren't obviously going to behead you. Um, So what's the move though?
1: How many people have gathered around the stage? Are we feeling confident that this is like a majority of the doppelgangers? uh, You you feel
5: confident that you're at capacity.
1: Great. So at this point Julianne says by the way she started off with a hat and just some jeans but she's like added jeans that are just like hanging over her face now so Mm -hmm. that like no one could see her face. And she just <laughs> says, Who's ready to start Doppelcon twenty nineteen? Right.
5: Yeah, and then there's just like a giant, like, you know, uh uproar from the crowd as everyone just goes, Me and then there's a laugh because, you know
1: <laughs> Yeah.
5: They're all me. How yeah What about the
1: tambourine solo? Yeah.
5: And then uh yeah, what like somebody is like freaking out about the tambourine and like are just <laughs> screaming about like how how they want to be you. And then a bunch of people in the crowd are actually turning in to look like Kurt.
1: (laughs) And uh, she says, we all love some good tambourine. And then (laughs) uh, she says, and we all love a good beheading and like motions over to, uh, to August.
5: Yeah. A few people uh, like are, are like transforming into August and but they're like all joking like pulling their shirts over their heads and you know just like having a good laugh
1: <laughs> and then Julianne says and if we behead him there's no reason to kill me now is there and then she takes her hat off and runs over and just like smashes down on the air horn
5: so you just get like a smash down on it right away and it just sends out a blast and you see the same thing there's like a good cone blast out of this thing and the skin is rippling you're seeing all the different faces they've been and a bunch of them like are knocked back and there's a few in the back that it didn't hit quite you know directly that are trying to make their way forward but there definitely is just like a huge confusion and now all of you and julianne you can get another action too like are gonna have like one action before everything starts to really go down hard and con Reg you know you need to get to the machine to activate it but it is primed and ready
1: I mean I think that my action is just to prepare to do this again I have a number of uh, of I think I have four left
5: this so is gonna, like this will be your, you have three left after this
1: three left after yeah. this so this is yeah this first one but like I'm trying to give Conrad as much time as possible okay. so if this is yeah. the time to use them she's going to use them yeah it's and definitely
5: she, yeah uh, if you want you can just like you, uh, I'll kind of just give you kind of a defensive stance where you're like, have your sword ready to protect the air horn if anyone gets close, but also to like to do another blast, uh, yeah, it's which like is one handed
1: you. leaned on her shoulder. And she's just like leaning with her elbow casually on because she's still on the stage and the air horn is like right below it. So she's like leaning casually with her elbow on the top of the air horn to let it sound off.
5: Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, you're 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 doing that as people are trying to make their way up. August and Kurt, what are you doing?
3: Uh, I want to block the exit, and I want to use jinx. So with jinx, I can encourage coincidences to occur uh, in the way that I want. So what I'd like to do is try to bring down some lights like in front of the door so that it blocks them off and nobody can open it.
5: Yeah, do that. Nine. Kurt, if you would like, you could roll a help out. um, Yeah, I'll give him a help out. Also, that one move that you used earlier would apply here to the help out roll as well.
2: Okay, Uh, the power of the heart.
5: Yeah. Yeah, so that's an automatic 10. With Kurt's help, like, he sees what you're trying to do and he and he tells you uh, about, you know, he saw that there was uh, some, some loose panels in a certain area that would definitely, like, you know, probably make a chain reaction. And you're able to lock the doors out of there so there's no escape for any of the doppelgangers. Conrad, you're trying to make your way back to um, the machine. And so you're going to act under pressure and you're going to get an additional plus one since uh, Julianne is holding off everybody And just kind of like in defensive mode for you. Fantastic. That's a 12. Nice. All right, great. Yeah, you make your way back to the machine. You know, starting the process of starting it up, uh, and it will be on in a few seconds. Julianne, you saw that Conrad made his way back, and you just gave like an- another blast. So you only have two blasts left in the machine. um What are you doing? So, like, where the position of the corn is, it's definitely going out in, like a cone shape, and you see some of the doppelgangers are like trying to crawl around the sides of the stage to avoid the uh, the cone's blast circumference.
1: Uh, eh, that's okay, I've still got a few more seconds, so I let it off for just, like, a f- split second, say, you've all been a wonderful audience, and then lean on it again.
5: Give me a kick some ass roll. Thirteen. Oh, dang. So I'm just gonna kind of give you, like, give this to you. You see them kind of coming on the sides, and like we said, you just have a, such a massive sword, like... You let out like a horn blow blasting the people in front of you and then just do like another giant like over your head cleave and just like lob off the head of like five doppelgangers.
1: Yeah, contrary to what I led everyone to believe back in the air horn shop, uh, I'm supposed to be pretty good at kicking some ass.
5: Yeah, very good. So Conrad, you're able to uh, get the machine started. It's starting to kick up, but then, you know, there's like a a stuttering noise on it, and you don't really know what's going on. Give me a sharp roll. Probably going to make me use my luck roll, and that's a one on that die. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and use luck. You realize like something's going on, and then you remember in the manual where it's It said, like, lever two, three times, then lever three, two times. And you got it switched up, and you're like, oh, shit. And then, like, you go back and, like, fix it, and it starts to go off. And from the back room, you start to hear the pulsing of this machine. But it's, like, a weird thing because the frequency that it emits, you don't hear it as so much as you feel it, which is definitely a weird thing for, like, sound waves. You know, you can feel, like, the physical presence of it but don't hear anything and as you start to see like shutters of this frequency go out and like doppelgangers are starting to like fall on their knees and you start to see the same kind of effect where their skin is like rippling but it's a different ripple than the original air horn what this is actually doing you're kind of seeing their skin go down to their base forms and none of you have actually seen this but the way le- their skin actually looks is like weird sewn woven yarn like patterns but it's like of a of, of a still fleshy material as you kind of just see once they're all in their true forms like it's just like ever shifting and expanding to kind of like use like the tension and lack of tension to form their bodies so you're starting to see all these people fall down around you and they all look like weird like yarn models of a person and it's super terrifying and what's even more terrifying is you see all them fall down and Conrad like you know you stick your head out because you think that this is your chance to like attack as the machine pulses it doesn't seem to actually incapacitate any of them. more so is just show their all of their actual true forms and they are now starting to like encroach on the stage, which is like right in front of the back room. What are you all gonna do? Pants cannon kicks some ass. That's a that's five uh, you go to shoot the pants cannon, and it just kind of like hits somebody in the face And they do get hurt whenever the fabric hits their yarn like skin You actually see like the color of their body like match the uh, like the dark blue of the denim um, And they shake it off and then grab the t-shirt cannon and break it Yeah, and, uh. and like push you back so you're not gonna take any harm But you now are like knocked prone and you're down pants cannonless. Yeah, and Julianne You do see your little brother get hit. August, what are you doing?
3: Um, I noticed something before when I used my jinx on a 10 I was supposed to hold 2. Can I hold that over till this turn? Yeah. I think what I would like to do is use the my, uh, my holdover and they're standing on the stage, right?
5: You all are like on the stage and so they've all like backed you into a corner and the stage y'all set it up to be like right in front of the entrance of the back room where the machine was. so they're like in between you and the exit, but the exit is also blocked because of the original hex. But they're not on the stage like with you, but they're starting to like make their way onto it.
3: I would like to break one of the legs of the front of the stage so that the ones that are on it
5: I think you do that, and like you can like you know you motion for Kurt and Julianne to like step back a little bit, wait a little bit to where there's some getting on there first. They fall back and give give a little bit of like hindrance to the rest of them, where you all have a bit more time to escape. Julianne, what are you doing? Um, you just see that like August has made like the front of the stage unstable, and Kurt is on the ground in the back.
1: I mean, I'll make my way towards Kurt, uh, just like pack slash swinging as we go because the stage is going to fall. I'll get out of the way of that and get to my little brother.
5: Yeah, roll it. Give me a kick some ass roll. Yeah. Let's kill some doppelgangers. Eleven. We'll just kind of give it to you. You're able to stop a few heads off. They get a swiping on you, but, you know, you just brush it off. And you're able to, like, pretty much like you, you're with one hand do a swipe and the other hand just, like, pick up Kurt and, like, get him back up on his feet. Mm. conrad what are you doing so i understand the layout of this place this has a back room but there's only one
4: door in or is there like a back door
5: you're looking around there's like a back door emergency escape and there is a door that you hadn't noticed first but it um, it says like basement storage also
4: hmm since we're all in a big box my mind instantly goes to fire oh yeah so what are you gonna (laughs) do i really don't have anything flammable in my inventory I think I'm going to try and do preparedness to... Yeah, yeah, do it. ...pretty much have something ideally flammable, maybe toss into the crowd, toss into the broken stage area, start a disorienting slash smothering fire type thing. 12.
5: You're like, oh shit, what do I have, what do I have? And you reach in and like are looking through your bag, and you found your celebratory bottle of 150-proof uh, moonshine. Uh, I was gonna you, drink with the you, fireworks. Yeah, I was what I say. You always drink with the fireworks <laughs> and you ke- but unlike the fireworks, you keep this on you and then you just see like next to you some discarded old rags and a Zippo lighter in your pocket. So you do like a makeshift maltol and give me a, a kick some ass roll. That's a nine. If someone would like to roll to help help out, you can, because like you could have a chance to get that to a plus one.
2: Well, I imagine I'm probably under under Julian's arm, and I'm looking back into the room that Conrad's standing in, and I'm just saying, yeah, they're they're more towards the front. Give it a good lob. Give it a good lob, and I'll use that that move again, yeah. the power of the heart, and that's an automatic.
5: You like take his direction, do a lob, and it just hits directly in like the center right past the stage but enough to where some of the blowback hits the stage to where now there's just like a bunch of uh, flaming doppelgangers coming towards you um, and there's a bunch of like screams being let out as their yarn like flesh is burning. What are you all doing? Uh, I'd, I'd like to hightail it to the uh, the back exit, like I
4: could just hold the door, maybe like...
5: Yeah, roll to, roll to act under pressure. Uh, that'll be a nine. Okay, great, so what's gonna happen is you run out the back door, you open it, turn back to scream, let's go, let's go, let's go, and uh, you turn back to like try to make your way out, and just immediately you get hit for one harm by a doppelganger, but you're able to close the door in enough time For for them not to get in, but you definitely do see that there is a grouping of doppelgangers right outside of the back exit. People always trying to sneak into Doppelcon. They don't realize the kind of overhead Doppelcon has. I know, it's expensive to do. If you steal from Doppelcon, you steal from yourself. Uh, you realize that the back door is not a viable exit, and I think August, Julianne, and Kurt, you make your way into the back room because the stage is now almost on fire, and like there's still doppelgangers, just like using other doppelgangers as like you know doppel shields to get across the fiery waste. Well, uh, what are you all doing in the back room? Do we notice the basement as well? Yeah, yeah. You, you notice the the other door that has like this is basement storage.
2: Oh, well, if the if the back's not an option, um, I I kind of say, Ju, Julian, I think, well, I you know, maybe if we go down, I, I don't know if there's any way out of here other than the obvious. Vote's on going down into the basement. I'd like to read a bad situation if I could. Yeah.
3: That is a brilliant idea. That's going to be a 10 total.
5: All right, great. So on that, you get three off of that list.
3: So I think a number one, what's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's most vulnerable to me?
5: Your best way out, weirdly enough, is downstairs because everything else kind of seems um, like you can't get out the back, you can't through there, but you might be able to like get more of a defensive bottleneck position downstairs to like hold them off. The machine is still going, so you're kind of hoping that like after some prolonged exposure that this might work what's most vulnerable to to you is like you also realize that you have a lot of your like your ghost and like hex ability you think would be more beneficial like you know just like i said trying to bottle them up and trying to fight your way back and what was the third one
3: are there any dangers we haven't noticed
5: um no because just like conrad definitely like realized that people are on the outside so you're pretty aware of the all of the danger around you (laughs)
3: <laughs> well guys, it looks like we only have one choice. After you. All right. Down
1: Julianne we go. is now concerned looking at Kurt, so make sure that Kurt goes down first.
5: Yep. I will go down first. You all make your way downstairs and you're watching each other's backs. You start to make your way down uh it's like a stairwell and you make your way down and then there's another doorway at the bottom of the door and you make your way into the basement and realize like that you might be able to like block off this door conrad used you know some zip ties and stuff that he had to like try to hold the door upstairs as long as you can but this will buy you some time um so all of you can kind of like barricade yourself in downstairs you all make your way down the stairwell and barricade the second door and everything like seems very terrifying you you know don't know what happened with the machine conrad julianne you think you could fight your way out of this and live to see another day but you do not think that anyone else has that chance and you're worried about that august i think even though you're in the driver's seat charlie is starting to kind of come out a little bit and is starting to freak out and kurt like you're just definitely overall nervous and terrified and i think julianne's like braced up against the door with conrad kurt you see like a flicker of light from behind you
2: I turn to see who's there.
5: You turn and you see like a flicker of light coming from the floor and go to investigate it. And once you like move a box, a hologram projects out of the floor and you all see a figure standing in front of you and you hear. Hello,
8: it is I, the guardian. It's so great to see all of you. I can't believe it has already come to this, but all good things have to come to an end.
4: And
2: Uh, um What? Uh, the, the thing, lady, gar- guardian This, uh, this place is haunted And I'm not talking about me Um, c-
5: command, search, escape Enhance As y'all are screaming out that you see the hologram pop back and you hear
8: You four are about to do something no one has ever done before But don't worry If you just remember everything we went over in our lessons Everything will work out
5: I I didn't take notes. What? And Julian, you're trying to think like you, especially when you hear like lessons and you try to think over like all of the training that you went through. My order
1: lessons, yeah.
5: Nothing, like like you've never seen this person before or recognize them at all.
1: Does anyone know who this
2: is?
4: The only lesson I know is don't cry in front of people. Dad taught me that. Is this that Twitter you were
2: talking about before? Uh, maybe, command search Twitter, hashtag identify.
5: You say that out loud, and the hologram comes back.
8: Each of you just needs to take your possession of power and bring it into the summoning circle. From there, my magic will do the rest.
5: Possession
4: of power.
3: uh... I know how to possess people.
5: Carla, you had mentioned this before. You have like an amulet that you always wore that has like this, uh, like this, like seems like a pommel stone on the bottom of it uh, around your neck, and then that that starts to glow beneath your old timey t-shirts. Renee, the handle of your like order like blade that you got like when you're a kid, it's, a, it's like literally your destined chosen weapon. Like the handle of it, the actual hilt itself, uh, begins to glow as well. Kurt, whenever you started to help your sister out, the order gave you this metallic heart and says it's you know it's the symbol of the like the helper of the order, and you could use that to show people like you know verify that you're with them and stuff like that to cut out a lot of questions, and you always keep it on you, and that begins to glow as well. And then Conrad, there is a pair of binoculars that is like one of your most cherished possessions that you always keep on you. It's like passed down, uh, and like the whole line of your family and that starts to glow and then you see just standing where each of you are you don't have to move at all a ring of light appears around each of you
1: okay this is not an order thing
5: no but i know when a goes to b and i take my binoculars and i'll put it in the ring yeah so like you like when you pick up your binoculars like they were like flashing on and off like as a light but then once you hold it in it like it goes into like a bright light um, as you like hold your possession and you're standing in the circle and the light around you intensifies i'll grab my
2: metal heart necklace i'll say well the tin man's not going to crumple under this one and go ahead and put it into the
5: yep. circle sure enough same thing happens uh, it lights up the light around you intensifies
1: i'll put the hilt of my sword in somewhat reluctantly
5: third time's the charm for the exact same thing to happen and now it's down to uh, August slash Charlie.
3: I think at this point, August's eyes flash gray again and he switches back to Charlie and he takes the necklace off of off him around his neck and sort of like looks at it in his hand and looks up to the other three and he's like, well, can't be worse than having a ghost in you. So he sticks his hand
5: out and puts it in the circle. And with the fourth circle being activated, you hear...
8: No matter what happens today, know you've all made the worlds a better place. I couldn't have picked a better group. Now, fulfill your destinies.
5: With that, you see all of you are standing in these uh, like circular columns of light and the light brightens around of you to where none of you can see outside of your column. You hear. I,
8: I, I hope what we're doing is the right thing. The sacrifice you all just made. I'm so sorry, it, it was the only way.
5: And then the light dissipates. Kurt, you're standing there and you see where your three companions were standing, three people you do not recognize whatsoever. the rest of your companions were standing, you now see three new people. Monty, tell them what you look like.
9: I am wearing a rain poncho. It's dark green. I've got on some really, really worn down combat boots that have extra buckles on them. And underneath it, I've got some really matted hair. But when I pull my hood back, I've got a really, really
5: sweet face. Alice, tell them what you look like.
7: Uh, about medium height. Uh, wearing, like, sweater vests and slacks and, like, wingtip shoes, but everything looks a little bit worn, like they bought it at a store 20 years ago and haven't left the library since. Eyebrows that kind of always have, like, a little bit cocked up on one side. Nose is always a little scrunched up and furrowed and kind of a little hunched over. Bad posture and everything like that.
5: Lamar, tell them what you look like. I look like Willem
10: Dafoe had a really (laughs) bad day. I've got this... Well, I can only describe as a pair of child chucks dangling from my belt. It's like nunchucks, but with blades at the end. And the blades kind of look like distorted children's hands. And you don't need to know how I got that. I've just got a lot of weaponry clanking and flicking around on me. And I look like I've been through a lot recently because I've had some emotional experiences.
5: The three of you um, were all in your other places, not here. And Kurt was the only one that had stayed in the uh, basement of the abandoned jean store denim is on all of you look around and you're in the basement of a retail store um, you can definitely tell that it used to be uh, a jean store the door leading upstairs you all notice is just you know being banged on from the other side kurt just looks terrified and lost but you all are holding an item in your hand that for a little bit after the light around you dissipates, the items still glow. Um, in Kurt's hand is a metal heart. Lamar's braid of his child chucks is uh, glowing, and Alice has a half of a shield that is glowing, and it seems that Monty is holding the other half of that shield, and it is also glowing. But the light is slowly fading after the cylinders of light uh, dissipate around you. What do the four of you do?
2: Hi, Julian, that light was bright and kind of adjusted, and I realized... Julian's not here, and I have three strangers in front of me, and I automatically go to, oh, okay, 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 so who are you, and, uh, prove to me you're not a, wait, don't prove me anything, anyone who's been anyone will be there, so have you been anyone other than yourself?
7: Uh, I, I have no idea what the hell you're saying, um, so, I'm, I'm just, uh, yes, no, I don't know what's happening.
10: I pretended to be a rodeo clown once, but I'm not sure that's what he means.
9: Okay. I turn, turn to and you I and I say, I say these are doppelgangers r- that you're talking about, right? Because I know all about these.
2: Yes, yes, okay, good. I didn't want to say anything in case you were them, which if you are, then I am them too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, good. I sure
10: do look like Willem Dafoe, suspiciously so, because I'm original.
7: Oh, yeah, you do, don't you? Okay. Huh.
9: Yeah, I'm. I'm getting it. That's that's William Defoe for sure.
10: Well, first thing to do, we've got a lot of genes around us. How about we bind up that door up there, and uh, until we figure out what the heck is going on and who's real and who's not real, I'm not. am cu- not quite
2: quite clear on that. Well, I agree. Where did where did y'all come from, and
9: where did my friends go?
7: The hell, if I know.
9: Okay, that's an answer. So I came from a world that was full of doppelgangers. Everyone was leading a life and they were running around and, you know, various schemes trying to take over, um, trying to live our lives. That was like the source of their power. We were actually about to, to kill like a whole bunch of them. And then I was about to sort of like do the final stroke, have my knife out. And then now I'm here and I'm not trusting that any of you are real people, especially the person who just said that he might or might not be a doppelganger.
2: Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, let's see, what What would Julianne do? Would you, okay,
9: how I prove
2: I'm not a doppelganger. I, we do this thing, you, you say your world, and the thing that talked to me said worlds. So what? What's the name of your world, then? And by the way, uh, my name is Kurt. Until you believe me, you can call me whatever.
9: Kurt, the name of my world is Earth. And... Mine too, okay,
2: good. We're on oh, the same page okay. there.
9: All right, okay.
10: Uh, I'm seriously doubting... Whether or not my planet is or is not Earth, I haven't looked at a book that isn't about killing monsters lately. So I'm just going to say my name's Lamar and keep it at that. Okay.
7: I came from Earth.
5: Are you going to have this conversation first or are you going to try to bind the door up first? Because it is, like, just a door, you know, had stuff shoved up against it and and barred up, but, like...
7: That was actually my. what I was going to say. Is, uh, I'm Alice. I come from Earth. That door looks really weak.
9: Good point, Alice. Alice, I agree. We should bind up that door.
7: Ta- tape, nails, something. I got nothing. I got I got a juju bag. I could like try to magic it closed, but I don't think that's going to work. I don't really have anything in my book about that. I don't know. Binding doors? Can I
2: do it? Oh man,
10: Conrad would have something on him. Well, again, we do have these quite attractive jeans. Uh, is there anything we can tie the jeans to?
5: You're in a basement and there are some like old pipes and stuff like that down there and there does seem to be like some other old construction items that were just stored down here from from different renovations. Somebody could roll act under pressure.
7: I do have preparedness when you need something unusual or rare roll plus sharp.
5: Yeah, do that.
7: Ugh, so close. Um I got a 9. Oh, wait, I didn't I didn't add my sharp. Ooh, so that was an 11. Whoops.
5: Okay, so Alice is searching around through all the jeans. And they are able to actually find um, there's a bunch of like rope and stuff like that that's used to like tie off and tie up pallets and things. And Alice is actually able to makeshift a bunch of stuff. And I think since all four of you are working on this together, you're able to like barricade the door a little bit. It's not a permanent hold. But it's definitely going to hold for a little bit while the four of you can kind of figure out what's happening right now.
10: It's like a web of jeans.
5: Yes, it's like a web of jeans. It's very similar to the uh, rag art that you made in the warehouse.
10: Yeah, that is. I've got a really good idea about a way we could use this web of jeans. Webs usually have holes in them. And this door doesn't have a hole in it, so we don't know what's outside.
2: A bunch of doppelgangers. That's what's outside. I'm, I'm with Kurt.
7: I'm trusting him because he, I, he seems to be the only one who knows what's going on here.
2: I've got a
10: shotgun. If I was to stick that to the door and pull the trigger, what would happen?
5: Um, you definitely would uh, shoot the door and hurt the integrity of it. That's holding back the bunch of doppelgangers that is claiming. There is, is more claiming. genes
10: than door here. Is what I am there getting in the description. There is, but
5: I will say, I'm. I will say that the. The tensile strength of the gene web, although great, will be greater if you have the door fully intact on the other side. So it would be able to hold them back, but it would then allow doppelgangers to reach their arms through. So
9: your thought is you'd blow the door open and then catch the doppelgangers in the gene web? Uh,
10: now that's my
2: idea. Yeah, that sounds
9: good. There are a lot of doppelgangers out there, because,
2: and they're really, really mad because they thought they were going to Doppelcon. Don't want to even get into that, but they are pretty pissed that it was not a real Doppelcon. Are Doppelcons
10: a typical occurrence here?
2: Or is that a new thing? Well, we we kind of started it and <laughs> this isn't the time to brag, but you know, this is Doppelcon Midwest, and we kind of set it up, and that's how we we were gonna kill a bunch of them and get them all in one location and That didn't quite work out exactly as we had planned, but they really like a convention for doppelgangers, so that's why there's a lot of pissed-off ones there.
10: I'm going to step away from the door with my shotgun, because I feel uh, feel like there's some bad juju going on. So I'm going to go by the person who's with the juju bag and kind of just wait and see what's happening here.
7: I'm going to say we don't blow open the door, because there's, like, basic physics involved with how much tension can be applied to a certain object. I'm not going to go into it, because I just got to figure out what the hell am I doing here, and what the hell are you doing here, and what the hell are you doing here, and what the hell are all three of us doing here in this Dean and factory where we did not start five minutes ago?
10: Well, we kill monsters, and doppelgangers are monsters, so if we want to find our purpose, I say a really good way to start is by killing monsters, probably.
7: Yeah, that's a good point. Also, is that the other half of my shield?
9: It is. I, I'm assuming, or it's just two halves that are mirrored. But, you know, it, they could go together.
7: That's interesting. I'm going to think about that for a bit. So, okay,
9: well... Let's, let's, uh, let's
7: at least try to figure out what, what, what's going on. I mean, there was this woman who talked to me when I got into this special room at this place where I was running away from a manticore, and then the hotel got on fire, and I ran into a dumpster, and then the roof caved in, and there's a whole thing. And there were pictures on the wall about me, which was Cause weird. That's interesting, because we
10: had... There was a weird guy in a basement who told us that we were heroes.
7: Yeah, it was kind of like that.
10: I just had to kill my brother, who was a little drummer boy with knives on his hands, and maybe he created them, and maybe he didn't. I'm not quite sure about that thing, but now I'm carrying around a version of his hands just on my belt. This hasn't been a particularly good day, so uh,
7: to be honest,
10: I would
2: like to forget some things.
7: Yeah, that sounds traumatic, and I'm I'm not going to press on that, so... (laughs)
2: Lamar... Did you say you just had to kill your brother, and was that related to talking to some weird voice and the light shafts we were in?
10: Weird voice and light came after. There was, unless you're talking about the weird voice and the light, which inspired us to set a door on fire and then kick it down and burn a whole bunch of little, deformed, bastard children with knives on their hands.
2: Okay.
9: Oh. I hope. Oh my god. I hope I didn't kill Julianne. Oh god, I'm starting to see how those nu- those kid nunchucks were made now. Uh
10: well, we had a bunch of glowing things. If we take our glowing things and try to put them together, you've got a piece of a shield and you've got a piece of a shield. If you put them together, what happens?
9: Uh let's let's find out.
5: Yeah. Two of you put the two shields together. Each of you give me a weird roll. Yeah, I'm I'm at 10. 9. So, the two of you like place the shields together and Alice, you feel like a shock throughout your entire body. Monty, it doesn't seem to do anything to you, but Alice, you're going to take one harm as electricity courses through your veins. You see as soon as the two halves of this shield are next to each other, a similar light to that that formed around each of you uh, to bring you here glows, and then the two pieces click together. So that happens, and I think that it just falls on the ground between both of you. What the
7: shit? Let's not do that again.
5: I agree. Uh,
7: (laughs) That hurt a lot. Ugh. So that's not going to help us get anywhere. Um... Kurt,
5: you see it on the ground and then now these two halves are together there seems to be a indention on the front of it.
2: Of the, of the shields? the
6: mm-hmm.
2: hmm I'll point it out to them. Uh, Kurt's kind of distraught but paying attention uh, thinking that he might have just killed his own sister after hearing what Lamar said. And, uh, it's just like, I, your, your shields look different. Um... I don't know what that's about. I just, I just have this heart. What does the indentation look like? Heart. Oh, well, that would make sense. I'll, doing this, I'm like, well, oh, I. It just seems like that. That's too wild. I, do I know any of you? Like, I mean, if we even? We We need to set up some kind of trust because I don't know if your doppelgangers just like totally gaslighting me right now, or if, if this is something that. This is not, this is what Julianne deals with. This isn't, this isn't my bag. Where, where is she? Uh, fuck it, I know what she would do. I know what she would do, and I'm gonna go over and I'm gonna put the heart in the,
5: in the shield. Uh, give me a weird check. So that is a seven. Same thing happens to you, the LCU. place the heart on top of the shield, a light flashes, and a, a surge of electricity goes through your body, and Kurt's gonna take one harm.
10: Okie dokie. Is there any more indentations?
5: Uh, Not on the uh, front of it.
9: So I just want to say, as I've seen two of you get hurt now, that I'm cautious about putting this last piece together. Because seeing as how it's harming us, I'm concerned that we should find either another way out of here or someone else here who can tell us what is going on with this thing.
10: Listen, Monty, life is harmful. And as I say it, uh, it, I assume my braid sticks into the shield
5: on the back, right? Yeah, you flip it over and it seems that uh, your braid could be uh, intertwined in there uh, to form kind of a handle.
10: Life is harmful, Monty, and I shove the braid in.
5: Okay. Give me that weird roll. A 10. Yes. So Lamar places it in and there's a similar beam of light, but nothing happens to Lamar.
10: So do I just have child chucks but bow staffs?
5: You now just have, they're just like the, the blades parts of the child chucks. But you can go take some jeans. We're
10: going to make some denim child chucks.
7: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God.
5: And now there's just a fully formed shield. Is anyone picking it up? Anyone doing anything with it? Is it just on the ground?
7: I'd like to investigate it.
5: All right. Uh, yeah, ch- check it out. Nine. What questions are you trying to...
7: Is it anything I may have seen in books before, since I've only ever had the half of the shield, like... Uh, Can I identify any iconography on it?
5: You start to look over it, and it's very strange because, like, first of all, the composition of, like, the, the metal isn't metal. It's, like, an element you've never really, like, or a compound you've never really come in contact with, and then there's, like some craftsmanship that seemed like it's from different eras of time even but like the thing that you can definitely and it's a weird thing to glean for information but the thing that you definitely can gather is like you've never come across anything like this and that's it's a lot of the same stuff that you found with your first half of your shields you never found any records about it it was so perplexing and then now like now that all the pieces are literally put together you're at even more of a loss for this because this thing seems like it could come from three different time periods just from like the the craftsmanship on it and the way that it's made, what you kind of get from that is it is definitely just both from this world and out of this world, if that kind of makes sense. It, it is, are there
10: any organic components?
5: There are no organic components to it. Yeah, the heart is just beating. It is <laughs> it's just like bloody the puppy. Puppy. Yeah, It is just a bloody heart. As soon as you put it in there, it's like, I'm a real boy! Love me! <laughs> um, yeah,
2: no, but... Jeez, I had the thing in my pocket the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, so... Um, hey y'all, uh, again, Kurt here, just, uh, I think there's only one way out, I, I, I don't know, I, when we looked around originally, we kind of boarded ourselves up here a little bit, but I, I, there's only one way out as far as I can tell. Who all has guns
9: on them?
7: Me. Me. I got a shotgun.
9: Okay, so, when I notice their guns, I start to become a little bit suspicious, because I'm worried that they're, I am worried that, that... Alice and Lamar are potentially doppelgangers. So I'm going to go over to Kurt, the only person who has mentioned that he is from a world that's that's even relevant in. And I am going to ask Kurt, I'm going to say, hey man, you sound like you're from the same world as me. There was a way that we showed that we weren't doppelgangers. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Yes, it does. All right. I will show you mine if you show me yours. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird way to put it, but I'm down. On three. One, two,
5: three... Shoot. And both of you reveal that you do have the same ward tattoo. Big sigh of relief.
7: Do I know anything about doppelgangers from my research? Um,
5: You have come across research of doppelgangers, and you recognize the symbol that both of them have on them. It's a tattoo. There's not any necessarily like secret ink or anything to it. It is just like a magical ward that can help stop doppelgangers from like taking your form. Also, it's just a way to show. Also, the Chinese symbol for peace
9: yeah. as well. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. that.
10: Do we all recognize the, the tattoo, the mutual tattoo showing?
5: Yeah, they're both showing a tattoo to each other. Um. Also, while this is happening, all of the guns on both Lamar and Alice vanish. I do not like that.
7: Oh, my God. Do But do our doppelgangers, like, weak to anything? Because I do have a holy knife.
5: Kurt knows that they're definitely weak to just, like, they can be murdered just like anything else.
7: Oh, okay. I just didn't know if it was, like, vampires. No, but it's where, just that like, all
5: guns in this room, like, at the same time seem to just poof out of existence.
7: What I
10: happened? really don't like that, and I think there's some Lamar, mag- weird magical bullshit happening. I don't like- you were saying?
7: Lamar, your guns disappeared. Yeah,
10: your guns disappeared, too. Oh, um, shit. They've got a tattoo that keeps them- is, there's some sort of thing that is between them with their whole yeah, doppelganger thing. That's that's
7: part of some order of anti-doppelganger okay. people.
10: And they're uh, both acting really, really weird and distressed. Uh, do you know this worked. Monty guy?
7: No, I don't. I don't know any of these people. I don't know you. They think we're doppelgangers, I
10: think. I I get a sense you have a good memory, right? Yes. I give you my child checks, and you put that symbol on. What? I'm talking about art. How, How?
7: You? What? You don't think they're gonna notice that the carving I put in your arm... Is a little bit different from a tattoo made of ink.
10: I think we're dis- if we're discreet, we can play it off. Nah, dude. Kurt and
5: Monty, please keep in mind, you 100% hear everything that's happening, because they are just next yeah. to you in the there's,
9: basement. <laughs> it done no with way. a magical mm-hmm. brand, actually.
10: It's true. Yeah, Monty's right. Was the brand Gap or Calvin Klein?
9: Denim is on. Yeah. They're a subsidiary of Tommy Hilfiger. so.
2: Yeah. See, if you're from this world, you would know that. So who are you and where are you from? And what have you done with my sister?
7: Uh, I'm from Earth.
2: I'm from a universe where we appreciate art.
7: I, I literally just came out of a dumpster where I was hiding for two hours and fell through a burning room. So, like, don't appreciate the accusations you're making here.
2: Dumpster in a burning room. Okay, I think that checks out. That sounds like Earth. Yeah. I went from being
10: in a room with a bunch of friends who were celebrating after killing some monsters, including my ex-brother, and some real good friends who made good sugar cookies to now being here with people with weird magical brands and someone who doesn't appreciate the art of makeshift tattoos. So
7: I'm not saying I don't appreciate it. I'm just saying it's going to get infected.
9: So I'm from an earth that despises art. We hate art in every single way. Additionally, I was part of an order. Is it because art can be copied? Yes, uh, of course. I hate copying art. It was established very early on that art can be copied. In my world, we outlawed art. But when we were facing down the, the doppelgangers... So, with that
10: said, if I hate the copying of art, then that means I'm not a doppelganger.
9: So anyways, I was getting... I was about to kill the doppelganger that took my younger brother's life. I had my knife to his throat. I was about to let out that sweet, sweet victory line. And that's when I ended up here.
10: So... With that in mind, I still do believe there is an element here of mutual respect for copyright that can bind us together.
7: I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that a doppelganger would not have been chosen by these magical people who sent us all together with these magic artifacts. So, therefore, none of us are doppelgangers. There's and- a lot of
10: magical people, though, and what if they're copies of each other? Because you, you you mentioned a lady. I had, like, a weird pizza man. I, know, I don't quite remember his face. And this guy just keeps talking about a person called Julian, and he's... No,
2: it's Julianne. That's my sister.
10: Julianne as in the cooking technique.
2: No, as in the, the chosen one to... Kill the monsters and save the world? See, th- we're all hearing stuff about Chosen Ones,
10: and there's stuff about copies, and this is all very suspicious. So, how is that door web holding up?
5: You all look towards the door, and it seems fine, um, but what's really spooky is all the walls around you are um, seem to be slowly phasing out of existence and you start to see um the surroundings ar- around you
9: what, like, are th- what are they like
5: um so you start to see in the main room of denim where there are just hordes of doppelgangers and then on the outside on like the other side of the wall you just start to see, like, the parking lot. So it kind of looks like the building denim is on itself is starting to kind of shift. But it's not happening at once, but, like, it's just kind of like... Because none of you really noticed it until Lamar pointed out the door, but you kind of have all just kind of, you know, in the and out of the corner eye, like, it just started as, like, like the walls seemed like they started slowly breathing and pulsing. And then now, like, it's like a more frequent thing to where, like, every few seconds you can kind of see through the wall and it seems like the corporealness of the building is about to um, go away.
10: I say fuck it and I walk
5: through the breathing wall to the direction away from the big old the doppel army yeah the doppel gang the doppel gang yes that is what you call a uh, a grouping of doppel <laughs>
7: Lamar you don't have a gun anymore yeah, I got child chucks
5: L- listen okay if we can get
2: outside and we can get to the Gertrude Mark II. We could probably make an escape. I, I since Conrad's not here, you don't even know Conrad. Damn, this is difficult. Oh, okay, what would Julian do? What would Julian do? Okay, and I'm gonna read a bad situation. Okay. That's a six. No, it's not.
5: Yes, can it is. I, can
7: I help with that? Yeah, uh, I was yeah, a to, six. I was a, to a, a six save. can be
5: made um, a, a a partial.
7: Um. So I got twelve.
5: So what that means is you get a plus one and, and no danger to Alice. So you get. A um, partial success Kurt what what are you gonna what are you trying to do uh, what's the best way out okay so Kurt, uh, you love mini golf and you one of your favorite ones is like the timing swing and stuff like mm-hmm. that and you know that like everything is set on some kind of a sequence so everyone else is freaking out and then Kurt, you start to see the actual like <gasps> timing. Of the shifts and whenever it's at its weakest, because you did see Lamar just so stupidly but confidently walk through at just the right moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. to where you're like, okay. And then um, you can like tell everybody, like, wait, go now. And you are able to like actually get through and you can tell Monty and Alice how to do the same.
2: Okay. Yeah. I impart that information and I say, let's, if we can get to the Gertrude, just get there. We can get away from this. And I, I don't know. We're obviously meant uh, something put us together. Something put that together. And I look at the shield as I gesture towards it. And I, there's got to be they've got to be out there. Something's I don't even know. This is not my
9: bag. God, why did I decide to? Uh. Hey, hey, anyway, does hey, hey, someone
10: hey. remember to pick up the shield. It's kind of important.
9: I say, hey, 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 it's OK. It's all right. It's all right it's no big deal. First, I just need to know what's the Gertrude. That okay, wait
2: for it. There. That that RV. Okay, wait for it. The wall's there. Damn
9: it. There, that RV over there. Which RV hold on, the, which RV? I can't see there's like, like a lot of RVs. I can't see it.
2: It's the big 1955 Flex RV, uh, the
9: freelancer.
7: Let's just focus on getting outside of the building first.
2: It's the one that has, it looks like it's prepped for hunting. And I step into the RV.
5: All right. Kurt, Alice, and Monty, what are y'all three doing? Lamar has stepped into the RV.
2: I'm moving towards the RV, definitely, and I will be sure to grab the
5: shield. All right, yeah, so Kurt grabs the shield. Monty and Alice, what are you two
7: doing? Uh, I follow out the building
5: same yeah and so all of you're able to make your way out um once you get inside kurt you're the only one that's been in the rv before it's normally just loaded and alice you are shocked because it is a lore library that is actually like comparable to yours kurt you're completely shocked because the armaments are gone there are no guns or any kind of artillery of that nature on this rv Anymore.
7: Oh, you've got a first edition of this book
6: Uh, That's
2: that's either Conrad's or August or Charlie's Uh, you know what they're not here, so Feel free to read on it, but you
5: you will notice that within uh, the RV there are still like maces and other kind of things like that but it is like actual like guns and artillery um, have seemed to be gone. But yeah. And so what are y'all doing in the RV? Just going to mention it to everyone and say,
2: okay, so I, I know everyone said they're from an earth. We're in Waukegan, Illinois. And what I know to be my earth, where were you before in Uh, your earth?
7: You say Waukegan? Yes. I'm from Waukegan. Okay. Have you you heard of the, uh, of the Mediosyn?
2: Uh, I can't say that I have,
5: Alice, um, that's, uh, wh- where in Waukegan is it?
7: Do I see any smoke on the horizon? No, it
5: does not seem like there is a motel burning.
7: Okay, all signs point to alternate universe.
5: I mean, okay, so, so the, okay, good, that, that stood out
2: to me when the voice was talking before the pillars of light and the Zordon thing happened, like, the, the person said worlds, plural, and that stuck out to me.
5: As you're saying that, Kurt, you noticed so whenever y'all had set up DoppelCon, it was like a little later in the evening. It definitely was like dark outside. All of you noticed this, is that so like the sun had already set and now all of you see the sun moving in reverse order to right before sunset.
9: Ah. Okay. Yeah, my earth did uh, not do that. Yeah, I don't like this. Uh are we just in the R V
10: as they're still as the Doppelgangers are still around here? Mm-hmm. Should this RV be moving? Should we be moving away from this place filled with doppelgangers? Is there we anywhere could. where the doppelgangers aren't?
2: Uh, well, a lot of them are here. So that is a start. You know what? Uh, Oh, man. Um, Let's see. Let's just go back to the uh, let's go back to headquarters. We'll just go back to headquarters.
5: So, Kurt, you go jump in the front seat, uh, turn on the <laughs> ignition and all of you find yourself in a large open field, no longer in the RV. And about 200 yards away, there is a grouping of doppelgangers standing in an open field. But what is terrifying um, is that the doppelgangers aren't like coming at you. They are all standing in a group still, like how they were trying to force their way into the basement of uh, Denim is On. But they're all just kind of docile and just looking, uh, looking at four of you. Uh,
9: I think we should go like investigate that. them yeah from a safe
5: distance.
7: I nominate not me.
5: Yeah
9: nose goes
10: I'm I'm gonna I'm a hoodlum. I'll walk forward. I've, I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve. I I look
9: at Lamar I'm like let, let's go come on.
10: Yeah I, I like this Monty character. Did anyone remember to grab the shield? Uh, Kurt has I did. it. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Kurt, can I borrow that real quick? Uh, yeah, it's equally all of ours apparently. Yep that that wor- that works out to <laughs> me. <laughs> Go for it. So I take the socialist shield and I advance towards <laughs> the uh top bangers.
7: Is there a way I could investigate a mystery from the lore library like from a distance, like to figure out why they are suddenly just yeah still yeah, there yeah yeah. There so we'll kind of have those,
5: those kind of coincide. Um so wait, is the lore library still here? Uh, actually, never mind. That's true. The the lore library is gone. Um, but I do th- what. But, the, well, the RV you were in disappeared. And now we're in the middle of a field. Yeah, the, like, oh, right. Yeah.
9: I like Gladiator. I totally
5: forgot to grab a
9: sword. <laughs> yeah.
7: <laughs> I forgot about that. I was so Where's the druid? about the books that I just.
5: Uh, you can, let's say this, though. I'll say this, because you definitely were looking through books. Do you have a book that was on Doppelgangers because you immediately started looking through it? Like, I will, yeah, g- I will give I you will that. Uh, that's the one book that you have in your hand.
4: Yay! <laughs>
2: it was probably the least dust-covered, you know, considering the situation. Yeah, yeah, for
5: sure. That was, uh, com- <laughs> it stood com- out. There was a bunch of uh, recent tabs on it. I
9: got a copy of Calvin and
5: Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: every, All right, well, every I, would,
5: fucking time I, I grab the wrong to
7: investigate one. a mystery.
5: Do it. Nine. And you're doing this while Lamar and Monty are walking up. Yes. Okay, and then what is it off of uh, the investigate a mystery list for nine? Seven to nine, hold one.
7: What are they going to do?
5: It is interesting because you're looking through the book, and doppelgangers are they like to prank people, like, they definitely use a lot of their powers to get what they want, lie and cheat. But there's just a long history of just always screwing with people and having fun. But right now, they're not completely docile, they're not out of it, they're not asleep, but they seem a lot more like reasonable and calm. And also just with your kind of experience, you definitely can kind of tell that something with the shield kind of has something to do with these doppelgangers. Not necessarily tied directly with the shield, but it's a little bit of the uh, same bits of magic. So let's go back to to Monty and Lamar as the two of you are walking up what are you two doing like
9: so like do you think maybe we should just like hold that shield together like as we walk up like just to be safe like you and I both hold it
10: yeah that, that seems like a reasonable plan okay I've, so if you hold if you hold it with one hand I hold it with the other yep. hand that means we can both have a uh, weapon in the other hand
9: okay that works. I got my shield, our our shield in one hand and my knife in the other.
10: I've got my uh, denim child chucks in the other hand, and I'm just kind of lazily swinging it about. Just preparing. I've I've
9: got my knife. I'm also swinging it, so it looks pretty weird, but I always swing my (laughs) knife when I
10: walk up. Just
9: a couple threatening swings.
10: I'm very intimidated by the energy that you're exuding right now,
6: and I don't get intimidated easily.
9: (laughs) Um, When I look over and and I've just got the sweetest face, it really, the two don't go together at all. Just a cherubic.
5: <laughs> Lamar, uh, as you start to walk up, you see these doppelgangers closer. Doppelgangers in their natural form are terrifying because their skin still looks uh, like skin, but when you like look up close to it, it's just kind of braids of flesh intertwined that can kind of like loosen and tighten and that's actually how they change their form and Kurt you notice this from far away because normally they're never in their natural form and the the machine that y'all had put together at denim is on and then you also saw the sonic blast that Julianne had done Mm -hmm. those kind of show you what they look like but right now like these doppelgangers are not trying to shape into anybody but as soon as Monty and Lamar start to walk closely, they all turn to Lamar and Lamar in front of you, each of these doppelgangers, there's a dozen, all one by one start to shift into the form of your little brother as a little drummer boy.
10: Yeah, I hate that. (laughs) So if I was to start running towards them and start swinging around with my extremely cherubic Deadly
5: friend. What would I roll for that? Uh You would be rolling to kick some ants. That's an 8. What is Monty gonna do? Are you gonna aid with the kick some ass or are you? As we're running,
9: I've just got my right arm up and I'm like, yeah oh, Okay, okay, sure 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 and you're just running along and I'm still like but you got the shield like strongly and you're I'm like dragging along and like barely able to keep up with the shield <laughs> and I'm still trying to swing my knife But like I'm stumbling to keep up with you as we go you got it it's accurate. I'm flying. I'm I'm just like one of those one of those like inflatable men outside of a dealership right now, running along with you. All right.
5: Um, so you run in, start slicing at people. So since you got a mixed success, it's going to be a trading of blows. So you start to slice a few of the uh, doppelgangers.
10: I'd like to note that I'm crying as this happens.
5: Actually, where the harm is coming from it's more of a psychological harm because like your child checks do two harm and they're gonna you're gonna take two harm because every time you slash one of these doppelgangers that look like your little brother as a little drummer boy every slash makes it look more like the humanoid version of your little brother
9: oh my god nice nice Uh. that's horrific great great monster
7: while this is happening i would like to be talking to kurt about where kurt came from because there's got to be some special room we have to end up in
2: um well i i i come from waukegan illinois i still kind of live with my parents and my older sister julianne um and uh i'm just really hoping i have no idea where we we are now but Listen, I, you know, I, I tell you this, Alice. If you help me find my sister, I'll help you do whatever it is that you, you were doing beforehand. You, you said something about a burning motel. I, I just, I, I just don't know. I've, I've never done this without my sister being here, and this is, I, I'm in over my head, okay. way, way too much.
7: Okay. Okay. Where'd you see your sister last?
2: The room that we all just left. Great. The, you that you know, doesn't the doesn't
7: exist anymore. Um, so. Exactly. Uh what, what what about before then? Where were you two before you went to the Denim Factory store place?
2: Well, we were kind of cruising around formulating a plan on how to get as many doppelgangers together to kill as many as possible cuz kind of our entire town had been taken over by them and uh it seemed viable to eliminate them. And before that, I think we were at we were at the HQ for the uh you know the the symbol that Monty and I have. That we were part of this order and they're all about, you know, kind of cultivating a safe world against monsters like Doppelgangers and, well, whatever else might be out there. I don't even know. Somebody said a manticore earlier. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I fought I one manticore. of those in D&D when I was like 13.
7: Yeah, that, that was that was me. I, I had to poison a manticore's nest and, and then the motel caught on fire. And man, we really didn't plan things through very well
2: come to think of uh, it. we thought we did i mean we were okay we were successful in creating a legitimate doppelganger convention but it didn't work out for us in the end obviously it's
7: obviously not successful because the uh you know
2: yeah not successful for us successful for them but yes no so so you were getting rid of a manticore yeah what was the manticore doing in your world
7: oh it, it took up residents in an abandoned motel and it was just like eating people so
2: That's not good either.
7: Like, standard monster hunting stuff.
5: That sounds about right. As you uh, are sitting there talking, you see Lamar running around pulling Monty. Monty still really can't get his bearing. But you start to see in all the hands of the doppelgangers, swords start to slowly phase in.
7: Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's not good. I knew this was a trap.
2: God damn it. I, I turn around and I start screaming at the air. Who the
8: fuck is doing this?
2: I have a thought. I am going to, because I see these doppelgangers just kind of pulling weapons out of midair, Kurt is just going to be like, okay, think of a weapon. Think of a weapon that you'd want. And he is going to summon the the weapon that he most recently tried to create just to see if it works. And he is going to try to imagine the pants cannon back in his hand. He tries really hard i don't know what do you want me to roll for that roll roll plus weird okay yeah that's a that's a that's a five
5: kurt starts to try to imagine this in his head and you actually see the heart on the shield itself even though kurt isn't holding it starts to glow and then a light ripples from of it and kurt looks in his hands and there's no uh, hand cannon but What has happened is now the light has spread across all the doppelgangers, and they seem to be shrouded in a dark, negative energy now.
7: Whoa, Kurt, what'd you do? I don't know. I stopped cutting the the
10: figures that are the spitting image of my brother now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, that are now Uh shrouded in darkness. And I look back at Kurt, and I just look at him. I just look at him
2: concentrating really hard and like I'm just I'm just thinking of like you know the the t-shirt cannons that they have at things while we were using them to shoot out pants as giveaways for the convention so I that's cool
7: okay 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 I'm gonna close my eyes and think of a flamethrower
5: okay so roll plus weird Alice
7: Ooh, 11
5: Alice you start to think that and then the 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 side of the shield that you had carried for years before starts to flash lets out a blast and you now have a flamethrower in your hand.
7: Ah, I can summon weapons in this world. I am awesome. a flamethrower.
5: Are you going to go kick some ass with your flamethrower?
7: I don't know why I did this. I can't kick ass. Can you kick ass, Kurt? No. Okay. But I can. This isn't very useful.
5: I can help
2: people kick ass. I'm, good at, I'm, a, I'm a good cheer section.
7: Yeah, I, I normally hold books.
5: What's Lamar doing? You were watching them forge this, and Lamar, you now feel a hand on your shoulder. You turn around, and one of the doppelgangers that is the most humanoid form of your little brother just looks at you, and in his voice just says, Lamar, why?
10: Okay. I've had a lot of bad dreams like this. How the bad dreams usually end is... I'm gonna propose something a little bit weird. You mind that, Joel? Yeah, do do it out. Okay, I wanna summon a newspaper with glass embedded in it because in the dreams how he would get rid of this is I would hit him in the nose with the newspaper with glass in it and it would end up just he just explode that was the thing that was the thing that would happen.
5: All right, so roll plus we. If we're
10: going by the power of imagination, I roll a seven.
5: All right, yeah, so you summon this newspaper with glass in it, but you realize that, like, in your panic, like, your hand is now glass itself holding a newspaper with glass in it.
10: I drop the newspaper and I punch the brother in the face.
5: Uh, you shatter <laughs> your glass hand.
7: Yeah. Take
10: three harm. <laughs> Damn! That's five harm. How many do I need to have to die?
9: Two, two away from dying on mine. Okay. Yeah. Same. Okay, I
5: think it's just, yeah. So Lamar is looking uh, beat up. And as you do that, another doppelganger <laughs> that also looks like a humanoid brother does the same thing and just says, Lamar, why? And places their hand on your shoulder. Monty, what are you doing during all this?
9: Um, I eventually lose grip of the shield. And then. I look over and I see Alice fumbling with the flamethrower. Alice, are you unable to use it?
7: Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I summoned a flamethrower. Okay,
9: I recognize that and I run over and I'm like, give me that thing. And then I turn towards the doppelgangers and I let them have it.
6: God damn.
5: Roll
9: plus tough. Okay. <laughs> it's a nine.
5: So the big success is that uh, you just like wave like a flamethrower across and Kurt and Alice, you're watching Monty do this and just Monty's blasting, just screaming and stuff like that. And then the fire like stops billowing out of the cannon at the end. And you see that all of the doppelgangers are unharmed by fire. It seems that they're almost immune to it. But what you do see is Lamar is burnt to a crisp?
10: Uh, do I have time to do one final thing?
5: You are on your death rattle. With my
10: death rattle, uh... I'm like, oh! Oh! Crap. I look at, at, at this group of people who have confused me and then murdered me. <laughs> and I look at my brother, the spitting image of him still standing over me with pieces of my hand in his face. And, uh in that moment i i've been through a lot and i've done a lot of things a lot of them i regret so i pick it i take up the shield which is now just i'm just holding there like willem dafoe in platoon i have fallen to my knees i look at my brother and i say we're both going to a better place now
5: and i slam the shield into the ground Lamar does that, and a light ripples out, blinding everyone, even more so than like the cylinders before. And when you all like can see again, Lamar is just a corpse on the ground. All the doppelgangers are falling down dead, and you see Monty is now enveloped in the exact same negative energy that you saw the doppelgangers were.
2: Kurt is going to start talking to himself, no 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 no, shields are supposed to protect people, Sh- that's not what a shield does, like, this, we're using this, are we using this wrong, is this, this doesn't make sense, and, uh, I'm going to start thinking about, like, like positive things, like, like healing, like, maybe
5: fix this, just fix this, you're, you're supposed to protect people, if you're a shield, fix it, and, and protect as you're thinking that the shield light starts to like glow out and then the light from Monty starts to overpower it it seems that Monty is stopping the shield from uh, activating
7: uh, I'm going to go run up to the shield and like try to put my hand on it if I can if I can't get it out of the ground
5: uh, yeah Monty what are you doing you're about the same distance from it as Alice
9: uh, I'm going to cast a spell on Alice all right what are you doing? I'm going to cast blast and I am going to add lightning. to it.
5: All right, so Ma- Monty's attempted attack, so you're going to roll weird plus weird for that. That's a
9: 9, 10, 11, 12.
5: Okay, and then oh, so Alice, fuck. you give me a tough roll cuz I want to cuz I know this isn't the mechanic for uh, it, but safe. You got a six. Okay, so Alice, you take a blast for three harm as you see Monty just shoot a lightning blast at you, and you go flying back from the shield. Kurt, what are you doing? I'm gonna
2: turn to Monty. I'm gonna say, Monty, what the what the fuck was that? Like, wait a second, this isn't right. What is? Why isn't Julie in here? Okay. Uh, and I am going to, I'm going to say, you know what? It's all gone bad so far, so what can go wrong? And I'm going to try to wrestle the flamethrower away from Monty. And, uh, you know, try to do that.
5: So the two of you are wrestling back and forth. Um, both of you give me a tough roll. Not that tough.
7: And as they're doing this, am I incapacitated No, you just got hit,
5: but you're, you're, you're not out. I'm okay,
7: well, noticing that he's preoccupied, I would like to try to get like both my hands on the shield. Okay,
5: and then Kurt, what did you get? I
2: got an eight, and I'm using the mundane ability What Could Go Wrong? So whenever I charge into immediate danger without hedging my bets, I hold two, which means I inflict plus one harm or reduce someone's harm suffered by one, or take plus two for it on act under pressure. Okay, roll. so I, th-
5: I think because of that, we'll just go ahead and say that like you're able to get the flamethrower out of uh, Monty's hands, and Alice, since uh, Monty was distracted, you're able to pick up the shield.
7: Awesome. I have no idea what I'm gonna do with it. I'm also gonna check to see if Lamar is dead. If, if that, I've got time to do that, like check oh, you for you polish, don't you
5: like... like Lamar is dead.
7: Oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, crap. Okay, and I'm not a. I am not I can not bring people back to life. That's not something I can do. So I'm just gonna do whatever he was doing that made it glow, whatever Kurt was doing. I'm gonna sit there and think, uh.
5: Pre- Happy thoughts.
7: Protect <laughs> me. <laughs>
5: uh, yeah, give me a weird roll.
7: Uh, seven. I wasted all my good rolls.
5: You do have luck points.
7: Yeah, I'll use one. I'll use one to change it to a 12.
5: So you start to just think that you need help and protection, and you see Lamar's dead body. Kurt and Monty are starting to wrestle, and you hold the shield, close your eyes, and you start to hear a voice in your head, Alice. It's not familiar to you, but you hear it whispering.
1: Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see.
5: Again and again. Kurt, as you're fighting with Monty, you start to hear it, but you do recognize it. It's the voice of Julianne, and as you're fighting Monty, he starts to become incorporeal just like the building was until eventually you start to see within Monty the face of Julianne forming and hearing this chant.
1: Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see.
5: And her eyes are closed. And as soon as she is like fully formed, the shadow of Monty is all but gone. And once Julianne opens her eyes, Monty dissipates in front of you. Kurt, you see your sister, and she just says,
1: The hardest battle is still ahead.
5: Alice around you, a beam of light forms again, just like when you were at Meteos and around the body of Lamar, a beam of light forms. Kurt, you now see Alice and Lamar teleport away as Conrad and Charlie take their place, and Julianne stands in front of you.
0: Seasons was created and edited by Joel Ruiz and is a property of the Critical Bits podcast. Narration by Jack David. Opening tracks provided by People Need Goals. Featuring voices of Adam LaGrave, Rebecca Parks, David Rodriguez and Beck Shepard. Seasons cast list is as follows. Danielle Bryn, Cole Burkhart, Kyle Classett, Brian Eamond, Alex Flanagan, Brandon Leon Gambetta, Taylor Johnson, Shelby Lee, Zalavia Nelson Jr., Jack Packard, Renee Rhodes, Eve Smith, Shannon Strucci, Patrick Tracy, Dallas Wheatley and Aaron Willems. For links to the cast's Twitter, People Need Goals music and more info on the show, please visit seasonsminiseries.com. Also please consider supporting Critical Bits on Patreon so they can continue to bring you more actual play events.